Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing? Trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. Uh, this is Game of Drones presented by Sleep With Me, the Game of Thrones podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with an episode discussion. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what, what you know, I, so I love to say, and what perchance is the rest? Because perchance is just uh, makes me feel like uh, not more intelligent, but like I'm on stage with a uh, some sort of frilly outfit. Perf, uh, what is that called? A not a perfumed wig, powdered wig. Maybe one of those dots on my lips. Uh, who's that? Thomas Luce would be, you know, co-starring with me. I think that's his name. And I would say, and what perchance is this podcast about? Well, Mr. Luce, in your perfumed wig, I guess we're doing some sort of drag show, maybe. Perfumed wigs is drag, and, you know, get over it, uh, founding fathers. Uh, nothing wrong with it. Okay, you're straight. I get it. Same here. But, uh, you know, I pretend I'm a woman all the time in a non-sexual manner. I get it. It's cool. No, don't be. No, no. I'm serious. I get it. Sorry. I got Alexander Hamilton here screaming at me. I don't even know where he came from. Okay, Mr. Hamilton, why don't you take the invisible hand or whatever, you know, whoever. I don't know which was your theory, but it's enough. Federal Reserve or whatever. Get out of here. And, you know... Leave your perfumed wig, please, and your powdered wig. Okay, anyway, moving on. That has nothing to do with the game, but what perchance goes on in this podcast? Stuff like that where I get distracted. Go off on tangents, but what I was going to do is I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever you're worried about, whatever you're tossing and turning about. You can kind of say, hey, guys, uh, a brain meeting, come on in, brain, brain, I call them brain bots. I've called them other things, I don't know, but let's go with brain bots now. Maybe they're the new droid in the first Star Wars trailer that rolls, probably be best for bedtime anyway. They ro- hey, roll in, guys, and you just start counting. Okay, everybody count off, buddy system, you're the one that yells at me, you're the one that shames me, you're the one with unrealistic expectations. You're the one really, you know, that I'm going to be a superhero, you know, okay. You know, really unrealistic, you know. Hey, guys, I know you guys, usually when I try to go to bed, you guys are uh, jockeying for my attention. Uh, But I heard about this guy. He talks about Game of Thrones for like two hours in a lulling, soothing voice. A lot of meandering. No, 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 no chatting up, brain bots. Listen up, listen up. I know... You all got your different agendas. I know you're all out to protect me or deal with my fears or whatever unresolved. I, I don't know, BrainBots. I'm not, I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not your programmer. That's a thing. And you guys didn't come with instructions. We know at this point you guys don't have sleep buttons that I can control or off buttons, you know, and I can't get your batteries out. So, you you know, I know right when, and for some reason... You go into super hyper mode when I try to go to sleep. But I heard about this guy. He's got a podcast. Now, I'm not, there's no shame in going on here. I'm pro brain bot. And so is the guy with the podcast. I know a lot of the other sleep solutions say, you're all fired. 
I'm, I'm sending you the scrap heap. Jawas are here to get you. That's not the case with this podcast. Believe it or not, Brainbots, this guy's going to gather us all around. And he's just going to talk about Game of Thrones, go through the episode, you know, make some observations, make some, you know, uh, mildly funny comments, and and just, and, and, you know, say, we can all listen. He said all of us could listen together. Now, there's a chance I might fall asleep, guys, but I want you to pay attention, you know, because he might reveal some, uh, he said you guys will be, he said it's weird, but BrainBots love him. People, they say, well, he's not bad, but brain he won BrainBot Entertainer of the Year in BrainBot Magazine. And I said, what? what? They're all the BrainBots. They start, you know, when a rounded droid or robot, is, they say, okay, well, let me think about this. Let me uh, rock side to side, communicate with my other BrainBots by doing that rolling motion. And then let me do the rolling motion where I affirmative. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, we could do this. Let's scoot over here. And then meanwhile, now I'm going to scoot the brain by. So, hey, yeah, hey, guys, get a little bit closer. Your uh, your central command hub uh, person is going to be back there in the background. You guys get closer because I love brain bots. I just love you guys. I love that you don't have an off switch. And then you have these strange... Missions that, you know, you say, well, I'm going to accomplish this at all costs, even if it defies common sense or effectiveness. I'm going to try to protect you by ruining your life. I love that about you guys. Come on closer. I'm going to help you live life by keeping you inside all the time. You know, I'm going to, you know, I get it, guys. Come on. No shame here. We're serious. Brain, brain by, I didn't win Brain by an Entertainer of the Year by making up the award. I won it by... Uh, earning the award uh, uh, problem. You know, you guys know. Come on, come on. And your brain bots are going to be like, whoa, whoa. Now, meanwhile, some of you might have been like, okay, how, is that guy, he's still talking about brain bots, huh? Oh, boy, I just yawn. Hmm, this bed is comfortable in the brain. It is quiet in here suddenly in my brain. I never used the brain bots. You know, Nana said you know, it was something with my brain. I didn't realize it could be described as something else. And that there would be something that would entertain these little brain bots. So, hey, you might be thinking of this. This guy is talking about brain bots. Uh, what's the catch? The catch is, you know, I got brain bots too. And, uh, and I had them when I wasn't even equipped you know, as an adult to deal with them. I had them with whatever you want to call them when you're a kid and you can't sleep. And for some reason, I can really uh, remember that memory in a painful way. I like telling stories. I like talking about Game of Thrones. And this podcast just happened. It was an experiment. When I started off, you're saying, what the hell is this guy really doing? This is my first time here. And I don't get, you know, maybe this is like a phone call. You might say, well, I better hang up. This guy is nuts. And I say, you know, you can do, you know, I hope you give this podcast a try. I hope it helps you fall asleep. But the reality is it's not going to help everybody fall asleep. Some people might say, well, I don't fall asleep to it, but I find it mildly entertaining. Or background noise, you know, against my brain bots. Or, you know, when I'm, you know, turpentining the floor, it, it creates a nice tone. 
any of those, you know, try it out. But I'm not gonna. I, I'm not here to force you or tell you this is a hundred percent effective podcast. I mean, I'm a guy just talking a brain. I have a brain bond entertainer of the year. That's it. You know, I, I made. I made it. Made it. Made it. Made it up. And so yeah, like I said, it's an experiment. I've been doing it for a while. It works for some people. I hope it works for you. Be you know, be great. But yeah, no hidden agenda. Uh, you know, other than brain, you know, you might say, what are you, some sort of brain box, brain bot salesman? One day when they're invented, uh, you know, I'll just say, hey, can you vote for me for the legitimate brain bot of the year award, brain bot entertainer of the year? But that's, you know, decades off. So that's it. I'm here. I hope I help you fall asleep. Uh, we're on the web. We're over at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, you can comment on the website. You can find older episodes there. You can email me feedback at Sleep With Me Podcast. Get me on Twitter at Dearest Scooter. On Facebook, Twitter and Facebook, I post like sleep-related articles and bloopers and stuff like that. I love to hear from you. If uh, if you're going to do any shopping on Amazon, you want to support the podcast, just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Amazon. And it should, if you're in the U.S., automatically... When you buy stuff, give us a small percentage of whatever it is you buy that we qualify. It's called an affiliate program. It's basically, you know, I don't know. It's like, hey, I don't know. I guess I'm shilling for Amazon, but I use it all the time. Maybe, and, and, and probably in some sense of hypocrisy out of convenience. Well, actually, I don't know. I got that Amazon thing I'm using to watch TV with, so I, I like it, so... Uh, anyway, that's a way to support the You say, hey, you're not uh, selling any crap yet, and you don't have any sponsors. Yeah, shop, if you're going to shop at Amazon anyway, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Amazon. If you want to try out some sleep phones, they're like 30 bucks, and you can get those Amazon, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash sleep phones. Have another headphone option at slash headphones. And uh, that way, I use the sleep phones. A lot of people use it, but listen to the podcast, too. They're like a little headband with uh, headphones inside it. Polar fleece or whatever, polar tech fleece. Comfy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Try it out. If that's, that's a great way to support the show. Thanks for being here. And I hope I'll help you fall asleep. Uh, time for my gratitude. Crone, sweet, sweet crone. Miller, Smith, Barky, Jester. Uh, just a thank you uh, message. Uh, if I had an app that said thank you, gods, I'd be opening it now. But it's it's faster. You know, prayer prayer is pretty efficient thing, I guess. God, you got that down. I don't gotta unlock anything, or put in a passcode, or technically, you know, you gotta do the sign of the cross. That's in Catholic, so that's kind of like. But you don't have to. They say, oh, gee, you know, I'm going to skip that and get it right to the point, gods, or God in that case. Or, you know, my phone that I have, you've talked about, it. oh, this is going, it's starting to slow down, memory leak, I think. So that would take me, and I'd say, oh, dear, it's, uh, you know, lagging. I got to restart it or close some stuff, and uh, I don't even know what's running. What, what's running in the background here, gods? So I guess you, you know, gratitude. I could just pray up, or pray, pray right to you guys, and say thanks. Thanks for Chris Posty Posterson. Sounds like an earful podcast. Who does our music? 
Scotty and Jennifer do our art. Some people, you know, podcasts, you know, guys, I'm over, you know, podcasts are getting longer, which means I'm getting, so I got to, you know, I haven't thanked the Lord and the lady in a while. Silver Tone, Defrenestrator, who watches over that. So many people, you but guys, you know, I'm thankful for each and every one. Thankful for everybody. Let me know this week that my my stress before the meetup, I wasn't alone and saying, you know, this is this, this kind of life of uh, taking positive steps. It's not possible for you. And then having to say, well, I don't know, I got to try. You know, I got to try to go to this meetup. I told people I'd be there. I don't know what this voice is that says, well, it's not possible for you. Nice life, not possible. And I don't know if I talked about this in the last one, guys. I don't mean to lay, you know, use you guys. I, I pay for my, you know, my, my counseling. So it's not like I'm trying to save money here because, it's, you know, it's, while it's sliding scale, my insurance doesn't cover it. That's a prayer. But, uh, you know, so but, but I say uh, one thing that I was sad about about the meetup before the meetup was that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of room in me to uh, say, oh, is this going to be fun or pleasurable? It was more like uh, what could go wrong or can I tolerate this and overcome all these fears and do it? But maybe I'm growing and maybe someday that'll be, you know, I mean, maybe noticing and saying, geez, that's too bad for you. Uh, saying that to myself, I know that's weird. Some of you, you know, gods, but saying, well, geez, you, you know, and then ended up being pleasurable and enjoyable. And, and you know, you heard me smiling last week. Gods, I'm smiling uh, last week. So, but I want to thank everybody that said, hey, I can relate to that. Uh, guys, I just want to warn, you know, I want to thank you because of some of my prayer at the end. I'm, I want to do a prayer of copyright or whatever because I was like, oh, this, uh, Prayer I cooked up for you guys at the end with uh, Harrison and Tom from Australia. I said, well, yeah, that could be a TV show we could pitch, a sitcom, probably only in Australia. Americans would be like, oh, boy, I don't know. Maybe Australians would be like, oh, boy, we don't know. Uh, but I, I said, well, that, I've been thinking about it, guys. I said, well, this is, you know, me. Well, anyway, well, you'll, you'll know at the end, guys, but just, you know, no, any you guys, you know, prepare to smote anyone that's going to steal that idea from me. And uh, they, you know, any of the ideas we got with Eli going, don't, you know, smote anybody that does messes with those two. But I want to thank guys, uh, also people that email me, Mary, Faye, Anna, Lauren, Chrissy. I wanted people on Twitter, Fern, Kathy, Libby, Eli, Alexandra, Lauren, Veronica, Dana. And then over on Facebook, Katie, Pauline, Kathy, Kelly, Laura, Eduardo, Justin, Brandy, Sarah, Juan, Samara, Ebony, Libby, Linda, John, Aaron, and Sally, gods. I'm probably scratching the surface, too. And then, gods, over on iTunes, I want to thank C. Bailey, C. Bailey. Seven, who says, uh, been a rock, which is true, but a good, in a good way, helping, helping them out, distracting them from their rational, anxious brain. And also J8283, another ro- brain botser. I mean, I guess that's what you get when you're brain bot entertainer of the year. Brain bots start reviewing you on iTunes, which is always is nice. So J8283 says they love us and look forward to going to bed now. So that's great. 
It's like I said, that was a quick thanks because I this is a mega long episode, God. Uh, with uh, just because I think because the episode of Game of Thrones was so good. But again, guys, I, you know, people take the time to share and they reach out. It takes a lot of courage to share with a strange podcast or stuff that's going on with you. Or even that you relate and say, well, geez, I got that part of my brain going too. And guys, I want to thank you for saying, I said, well, I don't know if this is relatable or useful to anybody. And that's all I really ask, gods. I mean, in the end, I want those boots Maiden, you know, a bunch of other stuff is what I want. But, you know, what would be nice for me is uh, to be useful to some other people, you know. And I know this podcast is useful, but you know what I mean. And then maybe, yeah, to carve out a little interior space or exterior, whatever, wherever you guys are located, for saying, well, geez, could I, could I have some fun today? Is that in the cards? And I know some people say, well, you know, the guy got to get in this whole, you know, un, not understanding insomnia or not being able to relate to it or depression or anxiety. It's like some people relate to it. We can't be mad at the people that don't. We can be frustrated. But they say, what do you mean you're not going to have any fun at the meetup? What the hell's wrong with you? Just get over it. Well, yes, now, if my brain was a switch, don't you think I would have switched it to normal about 10 years ago, 16 years ago? If I knew my brain had a normal switch, I would have switched it, jackass, to a function, uh, what do you call that, fully functioning. You know, if I had, if it was one of those turning switches, kind of like an oven, but, you know, one that clicks, yeah, I would have turned it from, you know, whatever the hell it's set at. I don't even know what it's set at. I don't have the settings for my brain. So, yeah, I, I just noticed I don't have any room for pleasure or saying, but I'm growing. I'm saying, hey. Now that I've noticed it, one thing G.I. Joe taught me way back in the day is that knowing is half the battle. And in some senses, like, as, as, as false as that rang to me as a child, because G.I. Joe never lost a freaking battle, drove me nuts. And, uh, you know, everybody said, again, why are you rooting for the Cobra Commander? What's wrong with you? Uh, at least root for Destro. And I said, well, I'm rooting for both and every other Cobra, you know. Well, he's evil. But he never wins. You know, I just want Cobra Commander to win for once. Oh, boy, God, sorry. Uh, not very praising prayers here. But, you know, again, praising, yeah, because I'm saying, hey, you guys are helping me notice stuff. And I'm saying, God, I'm full of passion for the growth base pass you've laid out for me, full of confusion. And, on, you know, saying, figure it out on your own, buddy. That's how we get, you know, that's how your gods do it. Keep up the good. Crone knows what's going to happen, but she's, you know, she she communicates it to you through mysterious Afghan-based patterns. And I say, Crone, I, I don't think green and brown and pink make the best. At, Whoa, you don't understand, my son. The, the, what wonderful things await you. And so I'm going to have to tell you that's what faith is, I guess, God's saying, well, maybe... Maybe the wonderful thing that waits me is being useful to somebody else. And maybe one way I could be useful to myself is say, hey, maybe this is going to be pretty good here. And it, and it was. That was the thing. I said, well, this is impossible. No, I didn't say that. It's in my headset. I said, who the hell's saying that? You're not, hey, you're not my shamer. You're just saying this is impossible. But I'm going. And then I said, whoa, Jesus, this is too bad. I don't have any pleasure. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm not dreading this, but I'm afraid. 
And then I'm saying, well, I could get through this. That was my best outcome, predicted outcome. Well, I'll get through this, you know, without any disasters. And part of me said, hey, I feel bad for you that you can't say, hey, I'm looking forward to this and having fun. But maybe on the other side of it, I said, well, you did. You had fun. So maybe next time I'll look forward to it, guys, as I look forward to talking to you every week. And just sitting down and saying thanks without having to turn on a phone, without having to. Now, this doesn't mean I'm soured on our app project, guys. Because, you know, you can't just, pro- whoa, maybe we could, uh, instead of fiber optics, instead of, see, guys, do you have any, uh, you have any ends with Eli Mo- Elon Musk or Eli Musk? But Elon Musk, preferably, he's going to launch those satellites for the Internet Satellite-based internet, I think, or some space-based Wi-Fi. What if we get PrayerFi going, gods? You know, no fiber optics, no internet, you know, service. You say, hey, you want to, Google would love that. Hey, I got to look that up on Google. Boom. It's that you say prayer, you prayer it. Instead of saying, hey, Google, hey, Siri, hey, Echo, or whatever, you say, hey, uh, hey, uh, how do you spell Crone again? And then it, and your brain, it just goes into your brain. But And then maybe we could use that Morse code stuff. Anyway, guys, it's not time for me to pitch. It's time for me to praise and say thanks. So thank you. All right, so we're going to be talking about uh, Season 5, Episode 3, The High Sparrow. The High Sparrow kind of sounds like something maybe, uh, which is named Neo learned in... Uh, his matrix training, you know, or something, or a pitch and bass, but give him the old high sparrow. You know, blow by him with the high sparrow. Or, you know, say, oh man, I'm going to score me some of those uh, high sparrows, man. Oh boy. I guess no one talks like that anymore. Maybe, hey, buddies, we're going to have some high sparrows, man. And totally, you know, we say, we say, you're gonna smoke some sparrows? What the hell is wrong with you? No, man, it's just a name. But you know, we're not talking about those things. We're talking about Game of Thrones. And I have to say, maybe slight stomach ache already. Season two, when I say episode three, I'm like, oh boy, means oh. there's only seven up seven episodes left. And uh, it says, well, soon we'll be at five, and then only have five left. But, you know, enjoy. Maybe I could enjoy life as it comes, or at least delude myself into the fact that this is a never ending thing until it ends. And then, you know, around panic, around episode eight, and they say, well, we have the highs of nine and the lows of 10 await us, so I can make it. But you say, hey, Scooter, I'm not here to talk about you. I'm here to talk about it. I'm not here to listen to you. Uh, talk about the episode. Okay, well let's get well let's get into it then. We got a room with statues, definitely a tree beard statue. That much I'm sure of. There's like a well in the center of the room. It's a uh, dark, you know, patchy light. We got people in there, but you're like, what's going on in here? And then you see Arya sweeping. And then uh, Jacques, and I think is he's at the well. He says, "Hey, uh, he oh no, he yeah, he's at the well with a guy. He has the guy a drink." And then the guys like, "There's a crying statue. It's crying water." And then uh, the guys like supplicating it. I was like, "Is that the same guy that just drank?" He's like supplicating himself at the crying statue. 
And then Arya's like, uh, says, hey, says, hey, dude, uh, I didn't hear, come here to, uh, say, hey, dude, I didn't come here to uh, sweep uh, floors. I came here to uh, learn to assassinate so I can leave and conduct my uh, quest, for, continue on my quest for vengeance. And he says, uh, Valar do Horus, all men must serve, which already would say, oh, well, you got a little gender problem there, buddy. Might want to uh, expand the... Uh, your language, but, you know, no judgment since you got that uh, streak in your locks. It's much cooler than what I have on my head, so I'll just be quiet from here on out and, you know, misquote the dialogue. And she says, hey, I want to serve. He's like, yeah, you want to serve yourself. And he's like, uh, here, we, you know, we serve the many-faced God, and, uh, you know, you, you got to learn to serve no one. Oh, a girl must become no one. And she says, hey, which one's the many-faced guy? Just I have a private conversation with them and see if I can jumpstart my training. You know, he says, there's a stranger, drowned god, Barky. He goes, yeah, there's only one god. And he said, a girl knows his name. And uh, I don't know, he says, some every man knows his gift or something. And I'm like, what is he? Is this one of those ones... A man walks with one stake, or three legs, and four legs, and two legs. Uh, tell me an animal that has a tail like a tiger. Tony. No, no. And uh, a beak like a bird. I don't know, something. Uh, but then you see the guy's passed out all of a sudden. The guy that was praying to the tear. tear, tear. I was I assume that's the mother. And his eyes are wide. I'm like, is, are his eyes black? Are his pupils dilated? Or have they turned all black? And then they take him into a secret room. And then there's this girl at one point walking with these buckets. But bow-armed. Her arms were terribly bow-armed. And I've never heard of, I've heard of people being bow-legged, but never bow-armed. But she was bow-armed. And she was walking in a... I said, wow, she's bow-armed. That's what I said. And so I wrote it down. I said... <laughs> It's a kind of deep thought that goes on here. Well, she's bow-armed. Well, can someone be bow-armed or just bow-legged? But I don't know. You know, you'd say, which came first, the chicken or the leg? Was she carrying the buckets like that a lot? Or were they already like, hey, you with the bow-arms, no sweeping for you. We need you. You'd be good for carrying buckets. I don't know. And the next thing up is this parade with Marjorie's, or uh, Cersei's in one of the, you know, box carriages. And she, she, everyone's cheering for Marjorie, and no love for Cersei, so she closes her blinds up. She says, I don't want to look at these commoners. And then we have this quick wedding with uh, a delighted Tommen and Marjorie. And then at the end of the wedding, there's this really, really powerful music. Now, again, I don't look stuff up on the Internet uh, about the episode because I don't want to mess up my... my uh, you know, commentary, because they probably contradict half the stuff I say. But but it was almost like the end of, like, a, a movie. And, again, the only movie I can reference for some reason when I do this podcast is Star Wars, you know, Star Wars 3, 4, 5, or wait, 3, 4, 5, is that right? 1, 2, 3, yeah, 3, 4, 5. You know, it's, like, a very powerful, uplifting music at the end of the wedding. I said, huh, it threw me out like it was the end of an episode even though it was only like eight or nine minutes in. I don't know if I was the only one that felt that way. Not a good or bad thing, just an observation. Uh, but it's one of those things with the show. It's like, oh boy, be careful, you know, 
you know, everything is never what it seems. We have Cersei, she gives, at some point she gives Marjorie one of those fake forced smiles where you can almost feel her trembling. And then we have uh, Marjorie and Tom in bed. He's really cute and innocent. You know, he's like, wow, it's a... Yes, I, mean, I wonder if Tom had ever masturbated or, or uh, obviously he was, it seemed like he was a virgin, but I was like, man, he didn't mean, but he was like, this is the greatest, this is, wow. And she's like, you little tiger, or, oh, I guess you're a little lion, my little lion poo. And he says, would you, she, she says, well, let's take a break now, because obviously Tom is a young man, young boy. And she's like, he's like, would you like some pomegranate juice? I was, I thought that was the cutest. And she's like, you know, she's totally like, oh, I want to know everything about my little Tom and Poe. And he's like, oh, Queen Tom. And and this is, a, this is one of the best lines in the episode. He says, oh, does Queen Marjorie sound strange to you? And she says, so strange. Oh, it was like this one half second moment. Brilliant, she, brilliant acting. Brilliant, everything, brilliant framing, writing, everything. So strange, she says. And then she says, and then she immediately, oh, I gotta go back and, uh, you know, intelligent mode. She said, oh, my husband is so funny to say that. And then Tommy has a little bit of money. He said, well, I got what I wanted, but, you know, my brother died. And then it's like, uh, yeah, I feel bad about it. Hey, do you like sailing? And it's like, okay, well, maybe he's not that as deep as we thought. And it's like, oh, we're going to be happy living in a tower under the sea, a pineapple under the sea, no, tower in the clouds. And she's like, well, I don't know. What, what do you think about this King's Landing? I don't think your mom likes it. And she's a little lion guiding her little cubby poo. I'm surprised she let you have sex. And he's like, mother's going to stop. I mean, she didn't say that, but she's like, you should change it from mother to smother. And, you know, she's going to be super protective. But can't you make your mom happy by, you know, sending her away? And then we switch it. Uh, you know, we go from Marjorie to Cersei. And Cersei's back in black or still in black. And her and Tom are walking up on the, what I thought were the ramparts. I don't know if I ever learned the right name for them. But she's like, oh, you're in love. You know, first days of marriage are great. Oh, she's so pretty. She's like a doll almost smiling. And Marjorie almost feels like instead of being manipulative, like, I mean, uh, Cersei almost feels like instead of being manipulative like Marjorie was being or uh, influencing, she's being straight uh, passive aggressive. I mean, she's like, do you think she's intelligent? I can't quite tell. Eh, it doesn't matter. And then Tom and poor, poor Tom and our buddy. He says, Mom, do you miss Casterly Rock? I heard you thought it stunk here. You know, what, 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 and she's like, well, this is where I live. This is where my family is. And the power that I've saw my whole life is here. And he's like, well, I just want you to be happy, Mother. And she's like, oh, boy, something bad is happening. Her alarm goes off. What do you mean? What do you mean you want me to be happy? And she's like, she's like, uh, you know, that doesn't compute. And then the next scene, Marjorie, I don't know if she's holding court, but in the strict sense of the word, but she's definitely, you know, holding court like a little comedian. She's like, he wanted to do it four times and, uh, you know, said, if that's a record, let's try to break it. And then Cersei rolls in. She's like, mother. And uh, 
She, she, Marjorie starts to get really mean, and Cersei's got this look on her face as she barrages her with little insults. She's like, "Oh, you want some uh, wine? We don't drink this early, but you know, I know you, you know, you could start drinking if you want. You know, kind of looking a little—is uh, that water weight or out? You know, you're looking a little puffy." And Cersei's just kind of grinning through her teeth, and then she's like, uh, "Well, I just want to know if you want anything." You know, I do have a mad scientist working on some evil schemes. I just got to pick my victims. So, but, you know, I'll probably try to find some other allies. Uh, but, yeah, if you could use anything. And she's like, well, you just raise the little little, little puppy poo that I love, Tom. And, and he's like, he's so, uh, oh, boy, what's more, what what's uh, inappropriate that I could say to you? Uh, with just enough uh, sexual stuff to not be pervy but mean. And she said, oh, by the way, should I call you Queen Mother or Dowager Queen? And I'm like, whoa. And Marjorie almost, she starts shaking almost. I mean, she doesn't, but she's like, uh, she's like, this does not compute. I'm being, uh, she, like, she's just barely containing her rage. And then she says, well, maybe you'll be Queen Grandmother soon. And, uh... She's like, that'll be a that'll be a lovely day, and then she gets right in her face. She's like, anything you need, you little minx. And I almost couldn't tell as I will rewatch that scene a few times. Like, is Cersei, is she bottling her rage, or is she stunned or confused? I think bottling, just barely bottling her rage, but I couldn't quite tell. But I guess that's a good thing because then we never know how. You know, we don't know how things are going to turn out. And then the next thing is we have, like, the flayed bannermen and ravens in cages. And we have Reek uh, carrying something. I don't know, should I call him Reek now officially? I don't know. Uh, Theon, I guess. And uh, I was like, is he carrying, is that some sort of weight? Like, with a chain or is it a bird? I think it was a weight, though. I'm like, well, is he going to run? I don't. I don't remember him being a threat to run. But then he sees some things, and he's real shocked. And then we have Roos meeting with Ramsey, and Roos is kind of like a little bit over it. He's like, uh, you know, we can't hold the North with terror alone, you you freaking... Uh, he doesn't get exasperated with his son. I don't know, what a strange... I really am looking forward to how this story unfolds with these two. Uh, hopefully badly for Ramsey, I'll be honest, uh, as badly as possible, I would hope. Roos, like I said, I rue him, but I also really enjoy uh, watching him scheme, his voice, his acting. Ramsey is acting so good, I just uh, despise him. I can't even rue I don't rue him. I don't, I, whatever happens to him, uh, I hope it happens tenfold. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe I shouldn't be putting that negative energy out there, but... Uh, but Roos, you know, he's not really amused with his kid. He's like, stop eating and listen to me. And uh, he's like, you know, we get a lot more done through marriage. So, uh, uh, you know, we're going to ally with other houses. And he's like, well, what about the Lannisters? He's like, uh, you know, Tywin's gone. So, uh, you know, I got to get a, you know, they're not going to send anyone up here to help us. What are you, a fool? And he says, I, you know, I found the perfect woman for you, psychopath. And one one other thing was like Roos was down. He he had this embossed leather uh, thing on his chest, and he had these shirt sleeves. 
Like all very tactile and interesting to look at, but in the background. And again, we'll see it as this, you know, this isn't really a spoiler, but Brienne has the same thing later. The level of detail here, both in this and then the cityscapes or the skyline scapes or whatever you want to call it. Oh boy, I mean, this season's already outdoing itself uh, with these details. And then Reek's in the background. He's kind of listening in. He's like, oh, Reek, Reek no like, you know, he says to, I, he doesn't say that, but uh, I was doing a Reek voice. Not a very good one, but he said, Reek no like. I should probably just stick to doing my mountain voice, but uh, then we have Sansa and Baelish on these horses, and he's like holding her gloved hand, and she's like, that's a moat Kalen. He's like, yeah, it's a bit shabby. And she's like, where are you taking me? And he's like, Moat Kalen. And she's like, wait a second, that marriage was for me, huh? And she's like, I'm not going to roost Bolton, no way. And he's like, uh, he's a Lannister toady. And he's like, uh, you know, you're a Stark. You know, just because you don't have red hair, you're still Stark. Is your place in the North? She's like, you can't make me marry Roos. He's like, oh, no, 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 it's worse than Roos. I mean, he doesn't say that. He's like, oh, it's Ramsey. And he's like, one day, you know, that'll be the name of a condom, I think, or once was the name of a condom, maybe. Was there one Ramsey? That'd be a good, it'd be like, well, you know, Trojan. I guess Trojan is is a good name, too. Ramsey's more action, or Trojan's more function. I guess I uh, shouldn't be wading into that, though. But Sansa's like, no way. And then uh, Baelish, like, draws her close, gets right up in her face. He's like, do you know how much I care about you? You know, say the word and we'll leave. And, you know, but you've been, let me just say one thing, though. This is very, I knew guys like this in high school with their girlfriends. I don't know if it still goes on with these. Uh, that Baelish is like a high school boyfriend, like he's like, oh no no, go ahead out, go out, go with, go without me, go have fun. Oh, you're going to the, I don't dance, babe. You know, too cool for it or whatever. So yeah, just go to dance without me. I'm not gonna be mad at all. And then he gets right up. You just do whatever you want. You know, he's. I'm like, dude, you're like a, you're a weirdo. And he's like, oh no no, go ahead, do what you want. But just remember, you've been running all your life. And you're going to end up all alone. This is the same thing a high school boyfriend would say. And you'll be all alone the rest of your life. No one will care about you because you turned your back on me. And, you know, it was a, you know you've, you, you've, you've been coddled your whole life. And, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't one that's been here for you, but I'm still willing to, like, let you be free. It's a, that's a lie, by the way. And so, you know, but why don't you just stop and stay here with me? Why go, why have friends, dear? Why have, Sansa, why have self-esteem and standards? I mean, he's like, well, you could have secret vengeance or something. Stop running. But this is a good line. He says there's no justice in in the world, only the justice we make. And then he's like, yeah, avenge them. But I'm like, avenge your family. But I'm like, I'm not buying it. And then you have Sansa standing alone. And then you get this shot of her and Moe Kalen. Like I said, this beautiful, another beautiful shot. This episode's got a few of them. But I don't know if HBO had more money or into set design. And I know some of this is probably 
uh, like graphic graphics or whatever, uh, you know, what you call it mo- motion texture, but, uh, beautiful, beautiful shot. I mean, way, oh, you know, with the weather and the looks and she's for Sansa for a minute, she looks confused and, uh, and like, well, what am I? and then she all of a sudden gets this determined look on her face and she hops on her horse. But then we have Baelish kind of laughing, grinning to himself, like that evil boyfriend. I was like, okay, I guess I'll just stay here with you. Uh, I won't go to college, you know, even though it was a full scholarship to Stanford. Uh, you know, I'll just stay here with you, honey, since you, uh, oh, wait, you got fired from McDonald's. I forgot. Uh, and then, then we have Brienne and Podrick watching. Again, another shot of Moat Kalen. And they're watching, and Saints, uh, Bod's like, what should we say? Brian's like, I know what they're up to, or I know where, you know, I know where they're headed. And then we get this great scene with uh, multiple, this is just a great, I don't know how long this scene was with uh, Brianne and Pod, but she's like, you know, aren't you old for this? He's scrubbing her boots, and she's like, aren't you a little old for that? And it's like, well, wait a second here can't have it both ways. And she's like, how'd you end up with the amp? He's like, he hates that nickname. He's like, well, he, he's not here. And then he tells this story about a guy, his old boss stole a ham, got busted for it. And then Tyrion's like, oh, wait, you're related to Ellen Payne. You could be my uh, cup bear or whatever. And he's like, but he was always good to me. And then Brienne's self-esteem, she's like, uh, I bet he was good to you. You know, everyone's been good to you but me. I'm just a bad person. And Patrick said, oh, no, no. Like I said last episode, that was, he sees something in her she can't see in herself that other people have seen, too. And he says, I don't know. That's not true. You're the best fighter I've ever seen. I'm not sorry to be stuck with you. I'm proud to be with you. And she's like, well, I'm sorry I'm always snapping at you. And he's like, well, if you didn't snap, I wouldn't learn. And she said, well, do you want to be a knight? He's like, uh, hell yeah. And then she's like, well, if you thought I was mean before, just wait. But twice a day we're going to be working. And you got to learn to ride a horse. And by the way, I can't make you a knight, but I can teach you how to fight. He's like, uh, well, I suppose that's more important. And then, so it's like a two-act scene or three-act scene, because then it's like, okay, that was already good enough. And then he says, well, how'd you know Renly anyway? You know, he, I heard he's a pretty good champ. And she tells us a lovely story, uh, almost like I just rewatched Jaw, like a Quint-type story where he really uh, captures a moment in time in a wonderful way, a, a tragically sad moment, or well, with Brianna a couple moments, where she said, well, there's this ball. And I had to go, and I thought the boys liked me, and even though I didn't wasn't into it, I kind of gave me a boost, and I realized they were making fun of me. And then Renly was kind enough to, you know, say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to protect you. This guy, and I don't like this the way they're treating you." And she said, "You know, but but you know, I always started thinking of myself as a lumbering beast." But he said, "Don't let them, don't you know, don't let them, they're bo- don't let the bullies win. I guess in some sense, and see you cry." They have, I guess not to see they have power over you, maybe. And then they kind of showed them up. And then Pod's like, do you know? And she's like, but you, I'm not an idiot, Podrick. You know, I loved him, but, you know, obviously he wasn't going to love me. You know, I loved him for who he was. 
and uh, then I couldn't save him, so it was really tragic, and it really makes me my vengeance on uh, Stannis, because, you know, that shadow had Stannis's face. And she's like, he's a man, not a shadow, so I can take him out. And then it goes right to Stannis. And I must have uh, paused it and said this about 50 to 70 times. Like Stannis goes, Lord Commander. He doesn't say it like that, but that's how I was saying it. Like uh, for, yeah, like 30 minutes on Sunday and Monday, Lord Commander. Just like that. That's my that's my Stannis. And I, I don't know why, Lord Commander. <laughs> I don't know why it amuses me. Lord Commander. I don't know why that amuses me. I'm not kidding. Lord Commander. That's what I did on Sunday after I watched the show. Lord Commander. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, Stannis reminds me of an old roommate. Uh, so I love, I, I, I mean, I don't like Stannis as a character, but I could, ha- you know, hang with, well, yeah, I mean, we probably in another universe would be friends, maybe. I mean, he would be, I guess, yeah, I'm the Onion Knight in some sense. But Stannis is like, hey, can we have a moment alone? And uh, John's like, no, no, the potato kid here is my, you know, my future Lord. You know, he's, I'm grooming him to be Lord Commander. And then potato kid hears that. He's like, oh, boy, he John Jr. almost, he gets all his posture is excellent. He's so pleased with himself. He should be. Been through a lot. And Stannis is like, hey, have you considered the uh, offer? And, uh, you know, John's like, I got to refuse. And he's like, you're as stubborn as your father and uh, or something. And John's like, well, you know, I take that. Stubborn is full of honor. And John's like, yeah, I take it. So he's like, it's not a compliment. And John's like, well, while I'm letting you down, do you mind hitting the road? Because we're running low on food here and you got a lot of troops. And, uh, and Stannis like, oh, he's trying to get rid of me. Uh, we're leaving anyway. Headed to uh, Winterfell or something. And he's like, I'll leave the uh, Northerners' fate to you. You're the Lord Commander. I really like that line. And I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember. But then uh, he's like, all right, I'll see you. And then uh, Davos does it. He, he's so, he's like, oh, Stannis, I'm walking so slowly behind you. I can't keep up. Oh, I forgot my... Uh, you know, my, fin- my finger bag, my bag of my fingers over here. Oh, excuse me. Uh, he's like, hey, he sees something in you. And he's like, hey, you might as mind if I sit down. I'll just sit down here. I'm going to chat you up. And he's like, you know, Stannis, he might be clear by his tone. But, you know, he's a complicated guy. This, uh, he goes, he's this best friend of mine, King Stannis. He, he's the one true king. And John's like, well, I'd rather stay out of politics. And so the Onion Knight's like, well, maybe it gets from through the Potato Kid, because I'm the Onion Knight, this is the Potato Kid. You know, this was me once. He's like, hey, kid, what's the, uh, what's your guy saying? He goes, you know, I'm Stannis' cheerleader, you're John's cheerleader, what's your cheer? And the kid starts, he's, no, 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 just the uh, punchy part, not the whole thing. He's like, uh, the shield... They guards the realms of men. And then you're like, it's like, hey, you know, the realms of men, didn't you say that? Now I'm turning it on you to get you embroiled in some political nonsense. He's like, so maybe you should get involved and help out. And John's like, well, let me consider it. 
And he's like, well, as long as the Boltons are in charge, your people are going to be suffering. Just my opinion, my opinion only. Onion Knight is out. And then we have Arya laying in bed looking at her coin. And we get our first of two uh, rod incidents in this episode. You got a rod-bearing girl that rolls in. And uh, I didn't look up on IMDb. It looks like someone famous. But I said, is that or is that my imagination? Probably my imagination. And then she says, well, who are you? And then she starts riding up Arya because Arya is, you know, too willful. Then Jackin's like, what the hell's going on here? She's like, oh, we're playing faces. You know, hit hit the face with the, hit the, you know, rod with the face. And she's like, yeah, the girl's, she's not very good at that game. He's like, clearly. And Arya's like, I'm ready. And uh, she's like, whatever it takes. And he's like, she... And he's like, whose sword is that, Arya Starks? And you got your sword and your clothes and her money. He says stolen money. I was like, wait a minute, which money is he talking about? And then he says, man wonders uh, if you're no one, how come you're surrounded by Arya's stuff? And Arya's like, hmm, I guess you got me there. And she's totally speechless, and she takes her clothes, and she throws them into the river. And she throws her coin in, in a, I think her other silver, maybe that was her stolen silver, but she can't let go of a needle. It's this be- another beautiful shot, a little less grand, but still nice, like uh, calm bay, like a little hills or mountains in the background, the sun setting, uh, you know, nice water sounds, this tough decision for Arya. And then she decides, well, I'm going to hide it. And she has this really sad look on her face. And then Arya's back sweeping, and then they bring a body in. and But they leave the door open, and you get this old uh, sense of, okay, what am I going to do here? Am I going to try to sneak in there or drink some of this well water? And Arya, you're like, that's where they're playing. I'm like, I know they're playing with us uh, in a brilliant way, the Game of Thrones people. And then Jack and he, he slaps her on her shoulder. And says, she's like, whoa, boy, I was going to do something bad. What do you need? And nobody, no, no woman here. A woman, woman does nothing. And he's like, hey, you know, let's take her in here. Hey, come on, let's go down here. I'm going to show you some stuff. And he's like, the last girl didn't work out, so here's your teacher. And so they undress and wash this body. And again, it's mysterious. Is this person alive or not alive? What's happening? Uh, a man wonders. And then I was like, what the hell do we do after we wash him? And the girl just gives her this look, and I'm like, oh, boy. That was funny. And then, boom, he hits the loud thing next. Open the gate. And then you have Reek watching, and the gate opens, and Sansa comes in. She's very regal in black, very uh, put together. Is that the right? I don't know if that's the right way to say it. I don't know. I guess Regal, and then Roos is waiting there with his wife, and I think Ramsey's there. But Sansa gets off her horse. She's kind of rubbing her hands, her gloved hands together. And then he's, he, she curtsies. He's like, oh, hi, Lord Bolton. And he's like, I want you to meet Ramsey, total psychopath. And then the siren, his, like, siren posse is watching and, like, growling. And I was like, what the hell? Roos is smart enough. I don't know. Would he have allowed that? Maybe they're like the... Uh, they work there. 
Uh, it's like a little bit like a bed and breakfast. Like, oh, this woman, older woman, is like, let me show you your room. You know, let's get some hot water in here. And by the way, the North remembers. And she calls her, you know, Lady Stark. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, this could be pretty cool here. Was, uh, things are looking interesting. And then we have John at this meeting. And Maester Eamon's sick. He can't make it. So John's like, okay. Uh, this is a, this is a big big scene for John uh, or sequence or whatever. Whoa, oh. and he's like, "Well, we need someone to you know start you know do a new latrine pit." And Sir Alistair's like, "Okay, well here's where I get punished for, you know, like uh, like a New Jersey bridge. My life's about to be closed down." And then, and John's like, actually, I have more grievances with red-haired people for my, you know, my step family. So, you know, you do it. And Alistair's like, huh, what is this? And then he's like, hey, Sir Alistair, you're you're kind of a badass, even though you have that, you you still have that hair. How do you you got a blow dryer somewhere? What the hell's going on? He's like, but anyway, you're tall, you're tough, and he's like, hey, you're first ranger now. And Sir Alistair's like, and then the toady's like, oh, good job, buddy. Maybe I could be your second ranger. And he's like, you're no goose, uh, whatever your name is. And then John's like, oh, yeah, you're not goose, by the way, Janice. Or... He goes, I'm going to send you that abandoned castle that's wicked cold. And it's crumbling down. And you got to fix it. And the guy's like, hell no, man. Like, I'm not going to any castle. And it, like, look on the potato kid's face. He's like, uh, potatoes. Like, he had the same look after that scene. He's like, this guy, who the hell is this guy? I think he is talking to Jon Snow. Lord Command, Lord Commander, uh, Jon Snow. And then we get some great Jon Snow dial. He says, uh, you mistake me, my lord. Uh, that was a command, not an offer. Uh, get the hell out of here. And the guy's still running his mouth. Uh, John's just like, are you refusing to obey me? And he's like, uh, you know, he says, uh, he's, you know, somebody kiss my ass, you know, kiss kiss my grits. And then John's like, uh, you know, Ned, Dolores, Ned, you know, take this guy outside, you know. And he's like, uh, potato, get my sword. And this guy's like, what the hell are you doing? Hey, I got this huge tall guy. He's my best friend, right, best friend? And then Ned, I think it's Ned, uh, goes in, and Sir Alistair's like, uh, uh, best friends with a scumbag or first ranger. I think I'll choose first ranger in life. And then they take him outside. And then the guy, he's still running his mouth to the last thing. And then Stannis comes out again. He, instead of saying it, he gives John a look like, Lord Commander. And uh, then John's like, you got any last words? And this guy starts blubbering. And John's like, yeah, well, and again, I guess similar callback to last episode where he says, mercy, mercy. And John, again, has to make a hard decision, actually in a very, his situation is, I guess, a little, well, I guess it's, is it more clear cut or less? I don't know. But he's like, okay, it's pretty clear cut at the end of it. And then again, Stannis is like, Lord Commander, with his eyes, like that, Lord Commander. I don't know if it's not, I just love Settler. Lord Commander. And then we the next scene is like this kink city scene. It's an awesome role play. The uh, head Septon's there. 
and then uh, Oliver Oliver is there dressed as like some sort of uh, Father Time type or Father Judge, and there's like a clock of women, and uh, he's like, "Which God are you gonna choose to uh, sleep with tonight?" And he's like, "The maiden," and I think the guy says, "It's always the maiden, isn't it?" And they said, "Well, I'll take the stranger too." And he's like, well, you're going to charge you. It's like, dude, don't break my role play with your, you know, I got a bill here. And then Lance will bust in like the uh, morality patrol. I guess in some sense they are the morality, morality police. They're more the morality patrol. They take him out and they have a rod and they they end his rod, clearly. And they shame him publicly and, uh, you know, he gets caught on by a sinner and then the Septon, we see a really funny brief thing that uh, Lord Tyrell is like, uh, not only is he master of coin, master of ships, I think was his other one. Now he's master of opening the door because he has opened the door and then he goes and sits down. Another great little character, Master Tyrell, or whatever his name is, Tyrell. And then the Septon's like, hey, I got you got to push, put a shutdown on these sparrows, the high sparrows, the boss, you know, throw them in jail. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the uppity religious guy here. And uh, he's like, and it's just Cersei and her toadies at this point. But I do really like, uh, I mean, I do really like Clyburn or Clayburn, whatever. But, yeah, I think those are sycophants. I don't know if that's what, but... Uh, and then even Maester, is it Eamon or no? Is he? I don't know who the scumbag is, but he's like, oh, no, no, you got to. And uh, Calabrian's like, wait, weren't you at a, a whorehouse? And then Tyrell's like, what? You were at a whore? Which one? Wait, wait, wait. And then he's like, I'm sure Tyrell was like, wait, can you tell me? Okay, so, oh, they were naked, naked or partially naked. Can you tell me about these outfits? Do they rent those or is that part of the package? But he's like, you know, whatever. And then Cersei's like, okay, let me consider it. And then Cersei's going in search of a high sparrow. And Sir Marin's like, oh, well, uh, what are you doing? She's like, don't worry, I got a perfumed rag here. And she's like waiting. She's like, oh, the humanity, too much humanity. And then she meets the high sparrow. I don't know, is this the most famous? I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to, well, I guess uh, Sean Bean's pretty famous. And I don't want to spoil it, but I'm like, is this the most famous person, actor? I mean, Dinklage, but I don't want to say who it is. But the High Sparrow, I'm like, holy crap. And delightful. Another person with a delightful voice, too, uh, who's kind of living an actor's dream as far as the movies he's been in and series. Or I guess a nerd, a geek. What am I? I'm more of a geek. What is it when you... uh, have no social skills, but no technical skills that can earn you a living. Is that a geek, a nerd, a spaz, or a dork? I think probably a dork spaz. I think a nerd is like all tech skills. A geek is like uh, pop culture skills and some tech skills. And then uh, probably I'm a spaz, but, but uh, you know, he's, he's, I'm like, man, look at all this stuff he's been in. It's Jonathan Price, by the way. Yeah, sorry, spoiler. But Cersei's like, you know where, hey, you, cooking the soup, you know where the high sparrow's at? He's like, well, he's like, it's kind of ridiculous, like a duckling or a turtle. He's like, it's an insult uh, they stuck me with. 
He's like, you know, he goes, people don't like equality. And they're like, oh, seven blessings. And he's like, seven blessings. And he's like, I'm just here helping the needy. And uh, she's like, is that why you're here? And he's like, uh, he goes, well, I'm not anybody special. He goes, people just think I'm special. I'm just trying to do what's right. And she's like, well, maybe you want her special. He's like, he goes, can you use that? Is that your... Your neck or my that perfumed rag I'm smelling, that smells so sweet, or just those sweet words coming off those sweet lips and that sweet clavicle. And he's like, that's tempt, almost as tempting as, uh, you know, what what comes after the clavicle. What, he's like, I'm sorry, what did you say? Are you here to tempt me? And she's like, oh, no, 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 I'm just here to, you know, uh, empower you. And he's like, oh, not arrest me? She's like, oh, no, no, I arrested the Septon uh, because, you know, he's, he's a hypocrite. And he's like, she's like, we're two birds of a feather, high sparrow. And then he's like, oh, boy, is it the soup that's making me sweat or the thoughts in my brain? And then he's like, hypocrisy's a boil, it needs to be Lance. And he's like, did I just say Lance? Excuse me. And she's like, well, the faith, you know, does need to be supported. Uh, they're the pillars that hold up, you know, me and you, we're like simpatico. But she goes, we got to work together. And, and uh, he's like, okay. And then we have uh, Clyburn's Secret Lab is up next. Oh, wait, I forgot. I, I uh, There was one line in there that was the best line with the high sparrow. So she, she says, he's trying to probe her. He says, I would never presume to know your thoughts on the matter or something like that. I was like, what a brilliant turn of phrase to say. I would never presume to know your thoughts on the matter. It did disarm Cersei. He didn't need to, it turns out, but I liked that a lot. I would never presume to know your thoughts on the matter. Yeah, Grace. We have Next, we have Clyburn down in his lab. And he's all working on an experiment. And Cersei's like, hey, hey, bud. And he's just send a raven out. How, how's the experiments going? He's like, pretty great. And she's like, okay, tell Baelish to hurry the hell up. And he's like, okay. And then we see whatever he's got he's working on. Has the old restless leg, mountain restless leg syndrome or something. Uh, mountain of restless leg. Uh, whatever mountain he's got under those rags there has got restless leg syndrome, which hopefully I'll remember to talk about my I don't I, uh, my leg at night back in the day. And then the next scene is Baelish and Ramsey, and they're up on what I thought was the ramparts. I don't know what the hell they're called. But uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to make Sansa happy. He's like, don't worry, I won't hurt her. He's like, I never didn't say anything about hurting her. He's like, well, don't worry, I won't. He's like, yeah, because we're good friends. He's like, I don't know anything about you. Uh, what kind of name is Ramsey? Is that, uh, are you pure Bolton? And he's like, he says, that, that's rare that I don't know anything about somebody. And I'm like, is that an insult? And he's like, well, I'm just a bastard. And he's like, oh. And then Roos is like, rolls out, oh, you're not anymore, my boy. And then he's like, yeah, big boy's got to talk, uh, nut job. Excuse us. And this scene is played great by uh, Roos. You're winning me back. I can't. I got to admit it. And he's like, "How you doing, Baelish? I'm about to play. I'm about to pull a Peter Baelish on you." And he's like, uh, "Things look like they're going good." 
And Baelish is like, don't worry, you know, uh, she's still got her uh, chastity. And he's like, well, I just need her name. And uh, uh, Bolton's like, are you ready for your consequences for all this, messing with the Lannisters and marrying Sansa Stark to Ramsay? And Baelish says, well, the Lannisters, uh, you know, Tywin's gone. He, you know, they're talking about that. And then Roose is still playing. He's like, well, the queen's going to be mad. And Baelish is still playing. He's like, Queen Marjorie, she loves Sansa. And he's like, Cersei, you jackass. And he's like, Cersei is losing her power. And she, he's like, uh, okay, I guess I should stop dropping the hints. I got this message for you from her that I read, but I'm not going to reveal it to the audience. And he's like, I don't know if I should trust you or not. And uh, he's like, here you are messing with them. Are you messing with them or messing with me? You know, why gamble? And then Baelish, sometimes I feel like he's reading right out of one of those, uh, like a, not what's that guy called? Uh, uh, Carnegie, Dale Carnegie book or something. He's like, uh, every ambitious move is a gamble. Uh, you gambled and it paid off. Now I'm gambling the gamble that's a gamble. And I'm like, what? where the hell did you read that? I didn't know they had self-help yet. And he's like, what do you say we team up, Rusi? And Rus is like, well, I'm going to read your message before it goes back. Uh, and then I'll decide. Uh, another, I guess, backing up, it was uh, when Rus goes, uh, he goes, he does this little whisper. He goes, does make me question our alliance. Uh, I liked how he did that. He didn't sound like that, or he didn't sound like uh, Lord Commander. He didn't say it like that, but he had this little whisper of that. And he's, he, Roos, he, like, uh, his face is a, is a, he has a bit, like, a, a crafty delight to him, I think. You know, I don't know if you know what I'm saying. And then we get another one of these mega shots of this season of uh, Volantis. And it's got a bridge that has housing built on it. And I was like, wow, that is cool uh, or awesome or both. And the city's in the background. And then Tyrion's in the their RVs playing with the windows. He's like, I got to get the hell out of here. And uh, then I was like, well, I, 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 I can't look at keep looking at your face and various like my face isn't half bad bro and then he does that classic uh trickster hero thing where he's like what i'm out of here what could possibly go wrong and then you see they're in volantis the two of them and you see it's full of slavery and poverty and then you have this red priest just making the pitch to 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 some of the uh, slaves and she's even talking about the stone men, uh, so the people with the grayscale. And she's like, you know, what about the Lord of Light, everybody? And she's like, the Dragon Queen's coming. And then Tyrion's like talking trash, and she, she gives him a look. I'm like, whoa, it's frightening me. And he's like, yeah, maybe we should find a brothel. And then they roll into this brothel, and uh, Tyrion gets a little head rub first by a bigoted uh, brothel guard, or I, don't, I guess I don't know, or non-sensitive brothel guard turns out i was like is this one of these celebrity brothels where i only but i only know one of the celebrities who was a fake khaleesi pan pan pantyless khaleesi sorry to use a panty term bottom she wasn't quite bottomless because her dress i don't know sorry 
And Tyrion's like, that's some luxurious uh, original hair. Because I guess he hasn't, you know, you know, heard the rumors of the Khaleesi's platinum locks. And then we have a shot of Jorah broken and drunk. He's like uh, so close to his bottom. He's like weeping openly, which you're like, that's when you're like, hey, man, uh, you want to take a walk with me? We'll get some coffee. Like if you're weeping in a bar by yourself, you know, time to think about a change. And, and Jorah actually, he, he chooses a change. And then Tyrion's like, I got to talk to somebody that's got some hair. Excuse me. And he talks to this young woman and she's like, hey, sorry, buddy, you don't look like you're rich. And he's like, don't trust the looks. And he's like, who needs health when you can, who needs wealth when you can make a woman laugh? And he says, she's like, well, why, why, why me? You know, everybody wants the uh, Khaleesi, you know, fake. We call her the Belisi here due, due to copyright. But uh, uh, he says, I'd pick you because of your uh, a skeptical mind. I'm like, what are you, Tyrion, man? You, you should listen to this podcast. And I go, well, it's skeptical people that I like that listen to this podcast. Maybe you should sleep with some of the people that are listening to this podcast. But I think Dinklage is married, I think, in real life. But I thought that was, and she's like, ooh, did you just call me skeptical mind? Let's get it on, baby. And then he's like, well, you, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm having second thoughts. You know, I'm still in, you know, you know, I'm in a late stage alcoholism and, you know, a lot of uh, shame. So maybe later. And then, and then he's like, and then he does his old, he goes to take his leak. And I'm like, maybe it's tear. I go, no, one season it was a hound pissing. Maybe two seasons. but And I was like, I always thought it was episode two. Maybe it's episode three, public urination shot. So he's taking his, pu- his seasonal public urination. Uh, and actually, I just was rewatching True Detective. There was a public urination scene. I think that was in episode three, though. Not related to Game of Thrones, but uh, HBO, you know, where you, you know, what do they say? Appointment television. Appointment television. But if you guys take a piss, do it. HBO. Yeah. Appointment television, but go ahead and piss where where you want, when you want. Especially if you have HBO Go or now, because you could w- keep watching and pissing if you're careful. Um, but yeah, Tyrion's taking a leak, and then somebody comes up behind him, and it's Jorah. He's like, oh, hey, show's almost over. Maybe you could, you know, if you're into this thing, you should pay for it, not just watch me. Makes me uncomfortable. Well, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. In fact, I love peeing outdoors. And then Jorah's like, well, I'm just going to throw a gag and, uh, you know, I'm going to take you with me. And then he says a, a, a very cryptic line because he says, I'm taking you to the queen, which I love. Uh, you know, this is that's a water cooler discussion there. I mean, I didn't have, we don't have a water cooler. But the one person, one of the people, one person I work with that I talked to Game of Thrones about, I said, what do you think? Which queen? Which queen? Oh, boy, I can't wait. And Cersei Marjorie, who is, who, is there an upper hand to be had? And then Stannis and Roos and Sansa and uh, and Brienne. So good things happening. Good things happening here. And uh, so that's it. So t- Tom and he uh, asked Mar. he says, hey, Marjorie, uh, would you like some pomegranate juice? 
And I just thought that was so, uh, I was like, oh, that's nice. And I like how he's a pomegranate. It's like, did he put an extra syllable in there? Pomegranate. I guess I say it different. Maybe it's my north, uh, northern New York. Uh, pomegranate. Po- pomegranate. 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 I don't know. Am I saying the same number of syllables or not? But I said, okay, well, pom- I, know what a po- I know a pomegranate confuses me. And the taste confused me, but then I was like, so I said, well, let's we'll probably talk about pomegranates and pomegranates tonight. Yeah, great. Uh, Lord Commander, uh, some pomegranate juice, Lord Commander. Uh, but I said, well, didn't, po- didn't some pomegranate, wasn't there some pomegranate juice lawsuit? And I said, yeah, maybe stick to pomegranate juice. Maybe pomegranates will come up again. And I, so I said, well, pomegranate lawsuit, let's go, let's search that. You can't go, I mean, controversy and lawsuits go hand in hand and, and sleep doesn't, you know, but I could, maybe I could, you know, maybe it's a higher bar for me, uh, you know, controversial, boring controversy. And so then I was thinking, I said, what is it, false claims? They said pomegranate juice will help everything. Was that it? And ends up I was, I, I did not, when I searched pomegranate lawsuit, this uh, lawsuit between, uh, this lawsuit between the company makes Palm Wonderful and Coca-Cola came up. I said, well, geez, I would have thought they were owned by the same mega corporation. Uh, turns out they're not. So and this was a Supreme Court unanimous decision. Uh, this article is from, uh, this article is from uh, NPR, All Things Considered. I oh, know. This article from uh, NPR, The Salt, What's on Your Plate, Food for Thought, uh, Palm Wonderful Wins Around in a Food Fight with Coca-Cola, June 12, 2014, by our beloved Nina Totenberg, you know, any of you radio listeners. And there is audio story, so it'll be in the show notes, but quoting and paraphrasing from the article talks about how there is a, a unanimous decision earlier in the week at the Supreme Court. And they ruled that Palm Wonderful can go ahead. So the Palm Wonderful had to sue just to go. You know, when you're dealing with these big corporations, you got to get everybody's approval to sue them. But they can go ahead with a lawsuit against Coca-Cola tricking consumers and stealing business from POM with false and misleading juice labels. The case centers on a product aimed to health consume help health conscious consumers. Uh, pomegranate blueberry juice, as opposed to straight pomegranate, as Tommen was saying. Uh, one version made by Palm Wonderful, a grower of pomegranates, uh, and the other by Coca-Cola's Minute Maid division, uh, says in large print, it's pomegranate blueberry juice, too. Uh, the Coca-Cola product's five times cheaper. Now, it's only if you read the fine print, the small print on the label, you see why. Palm's juice is 85% pomegranate, 15% blueberry. That adds up to 100% pomegranate blueberry juice. I wonder if Tom and orders pomegranate, probably 100% pomegranate, right? Maybe like one person, maybe they water, they probably should water it down for him. You know, maybe 60, I don't know how much sugar is in pomegranate juice. Not, uh, uh, the Coca-Cola product, according to the article, is just 0.5 pomegranate and blueberry juice combined, 0.5. Uh, Palm sued Coca-Cola, claiming it was losing sales because Coca-Cola's label and advertising 
were misleading consumers into believing they were getting a juice combination consisting of pomegranate blueberry. <laughs> Why would they think that holy? When in fact the juice was really 99% apple and grape, 0.5% something else, and then 0.5% pomegranate blueberry. Uh, Palm sued for damages in a court order barring such labeling. Uh, you know, you don't mess with uh, these. Uh, two lower courts ruled against Palm agreeing with Coca-Cola because the label con- con- complies with the requirements of the FDA Cosmetic Act. Uh Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, and it's immune to suits. Uh, it's called the Latham Lan- Lanham Act. On Thursday, however, the Supreme Court disagreed with Coca-Cola, giving the green light for Palm's lawsuit to go forward. Summarizing the decision from the bench, Judge Anthony Kennedy said, uh, The position Coca-Cola takes in this court is that because it complied with the uh, Food and Drug Act's laboring requirements, it could mislead and trick consumers without being subject to liability. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Uh, that assertion's incorrect. Uh, the Lanham Act and the Food Drug Act are supposed to work together. The former allows competitors to bring civil lawsuits to protect their consumer. The former allows competitors to bring civil lawsuits to protect their commercial interests from unfair competition while the latter protects public health and safety. Uh, to the extent they both cover labels, Aunt Kennedy said, uh, the FDA regulations are not a ceiling that uh, insulates companies from being sued by competitors. Uh, rather, according, according from this article, uh, Lanham Act is a yin to FDA's yang because it should provide incentives for manufacturers to behave well. Palm wonderful co-owner Linda Resnick gave credit for the victory to her husband, Stuart, who she'd noted, has insisted on pursuing the case for more than five years all the way to the Supreme Court. He's like a 21st century John Wayne, my hubby poo. Uh, and he wants what's right for food industry and the consumer. And Coca-Cola issued a statement, listen to this, oh boy, beautiful, you can't make this stuff up. It's committed to clear labeling that fully complies with the FDA regulations. Uh, let me say that again. Committed to clear labeling that fully complies with FDA regulations. And they said they're going to defend the lawsuit. They're not the cause of poor sales for Palm. How broad are the repercussions for the food and beverage industry? Uh, well... Uh, the Supreme Court decision only allows competitors, not consumers, to bring suits. Like, you know, we don't have any. <laughs> only if you have another giant beverage company, you know, is it okay to try to put a stop to this uh, stuff? I don't know what it will change the landscape of la- labeling, quoting Diana Winters at Indiana Law- University Law School. Uh, maybe the companies will look closer at the labeling. Palm Wonderful will now bring a suit to trial unless it's settled, and it'll be a jury that decides if Coca-Cola did anything wrong and how much they should pay. Uh, Palm Wonderful's on the defensive in another lawsuit. Oh, this one must be the one I think of, where the FTC accused the company of its own deceptive advertising. The FTC ordered Palm to stop advertising health benefits for its juice, until uh, they can prove those benefits with clinical trials on human subjects. 
uh, FTC cha- uh, Palm challenged that order, but it's a it's on appeal. So that's a little bit about pomegranate juice, or uh, is it still? I mean, I guess if it's, is it pomegranate juice if there's a, a drop of pomegranate in it? it would Tom know the difference? Probably not. Maybe they don't even get. They probably just give them water with a drop of pomegranate. And oh. Marjorie, and she said, no, thanks, because, you know, I know you're not allowed any sugar, Tom, and so I know they just give you milk or water with a drop of pomegranate in there, honey poo. I said, that's, but, yeah, that's a little bit about it. Uh, so Aria, as a neophyte or whatever she is, faceless person, uh, or person without a face, a man, a girl has no face, a girl has... But it, it, she had to do some chores, some sweeping. There was another person, as I said, carrying uh, those buckets, and then there was some, you know, body wa- a little body washing. And I said to myself, I said, well, this reminds me of something. What does it remind? And I said, oh, it reminds me of a computer game I pay- played as a young child. And I can remember squealing with delight as the 8-bit, it probably wasn't 8-bit at the time, might have been 4-bits, the 4-bit character was sweeping. And I said, what game was that? It says King's Quest 3, I think it was. It was a King's Quest 3, and I said, I looked it up. Now, like I said, I didn't have, I had, I, this was in four colors, so CGA. But I remember being so delighted these graphics, and we probably got the game years after it came out. And again, I said, well, how old was I? Probably too old. Well, maybe I wasn't too old. But, but more important than King's Quest Three is where we're going with this. But let's talk about King's Quest Three real quick. It was uh, the third in the, it was a, it was the third game in the King's Quest series. It's called To Air Is Human, and uh, it was a game. It was made by Sierra Online, and it was the first game not to feature King Graham as the main character. It was released in the late 80s. I don't know when I got it. That one had EGA graphics support, which I didn't have. Uh, the game's title is A Pun on the Proverb, To Err is to Human, To Forgive is Divine by Alexander Pope. Uh, in King's Quest III, the story moves away from Daventry and King Grand to the land of Luador, where a boy named Gwydion is being kept by a wicked wizard, Man, nan, nan. Again, I'm probably not pronouncing those kind of correctly. But there are ancient video game characters. They probably, according to the introduction, this is all from Wikipedia right now. Uh, according to the introduction, for as long as you can remember, he was a captive of the wizard, his servant, cooking, cleaning for him on his home atop a large mountain. And he could see with his help of the telescope. Uh, the wizard watched the countryside, uh, the shoreline, the vast ocean to the east, and the endless desert to the west. And what I remember is the boy sweeping. That's the only thing I remember about the game. Now that I'm reading it, I'm like, okay, I think I remembered that. Mananan takes a, a couple absences, and Gwydion seizes his chance to escape. He gets in the wizard's lab and reads a book of spells and goes out to collect ingredients for him, for them. I learned how to sweep. I don't know about these things. After solving puzzles to obtain the spell ingredients, uh, Gwydion turns Mananan into a cat and is free. I might remember that. 
Then he has a journey across the ocean to Daventry to rescue a princess from a three-headed dragon. It is eventually revealed that he is the son of King Graham, kidnapped from Daventry by the magician at a young age. Uh, the princess he has rescued is the sister Rosella. And the actions lead directly to King's Quest V, even though this is King's Quest III. Uh, some of the gameplay is a magic map. There's a lot of other cool... I guess I'm kind of remembering this game's cool. A little more about the uh, development of the game. This is the first adventure game featuring auto-mapping. Uh, it was made by uh, Roberta Williams, was a lead writer and designer. And it was mostly her team from her previous games. Al Lowe did the music on King's Quest II. He became the lead programmer. And then he went on to do uh, the more adult series, The Leisure Suit Larry. King's Quest was the biggest and most ambitious game Sierra made up to that point. Uh, Roberta Williams said that all her uh, said that all her previous games from Mystery House to King's Quest Three Two were great, but they were essentially glorified treasure hunts. Uh, it was not to have possible to have bigger or more complex plots uh, due to technical limitations. Uh, but due to more powerful computers with hard drives, now it could be more complex than uh, 8-bit machines, so I guess it's not 8-bit. came out on Apple II GS, which my friend had. Uh, the game was on either five floppies or three 3.5-inch uh, discs. Uh, but the main thing was it was created by Roberta Williams, which is, a, is still, like, it seems like gaming, and I don't know a lot about it, but Roberta Williams, I was like, oh, she's the coolest when I was a kid because she made computer games that I played. And Sierra Online, me and my friends like to play those games. We played, like I said, Space Quest, Police Quest. I guess they wouldn't have really somebody saying, oh, well, maybe we should come up. They, well, they had the uh, punchline after it, but, you know, King's Quest Three, with the missing pearls or whatever the hell it's called. Terrorist to human. Uh, but, but anyway, Roberta Williams, personal hero of mine, even though I don't have anything to do with video games anymore. Well, I never uh, uh, So we're going to read an interview. Let me just give you a quick Wikipedia, though. Roberta Williams, American video game designer, co-founder of Sierra Online, uh, based, was based in Simi Valley, California. She's famous for her pioneering work on graphical adventure games like Mystery House, King's Quest, and Phantasmagoria. She retired in 1999. And she's one of the most influential game creators uh, from the 80s and the 90s. Her and her husband, Ken Williams, were leading figures in the development of graphical adventure games. In the 80s, they founded Online Systems, which became Sarah Online, which came out with Mystery House, then Wizard and the Princess with Color Graphics. Then King's Quest, which was their first uh, uh, successful, big success. Then mixed up Mother Goose, King, Colonel's Bequest, and Phantasmagoria, which was like a, a more uh, adult-level game. Uh, they sold the company in 96, and in 99, uh, Roberta retired. But over here at uh, Adventure Classic Gaming is an interview with Roberta from uh, uh, July 2006, updated in March 2008 uh, by Philip Zhang. And I'll be paraphrasing and quoting from that article here. 
no adventure game designers achieved the success of Roberta Williams. Uh, born in 53, she can found, you know, they founded the company. She founded the company Sierra Online, which became Sierra Online, as we said. And she's been out of the, uh, she's been out of limelight ever since. But let's, so let's get into it. Uh, Philip asks, you know, your games like Mystery House and King's Quest laid down the framework that adventure games are now defined. While many games don't label themselves adventure games anymore, they have quests, puzzles, and storytelling that are characteristic of the genre you created. What are essential elements you think in as an adventure game? And Roberta says, well, I haven't get made any games in about eight years, so, you know, take it, what I say in context, and I haven't really played any games since then. So I don't really have any idea what, what, what current things are like. But in my day, when creating an adventure game, Roberta says, before even thinking about framework, she said, what are the stories? Who are the characters? Who's the main character? What are they trying to do? What's the quest? What sort of world or land is this game going to be played? In other words, I first thought of the story, the characters, and the game world and tried to understand those before I came up with a framework, engine, or interface. Uh, once I had an idea of the storyline characters, uh, I thought about how I wanted the game to play, run, and appear. Things like character, how many colors I could utilize, uh, first-person or third-person perspective, what, how communication would take place, what puzzles, physical puzzles versus thinking puzzles, uh, how much animation... How many lands? But obviously, you know, I didn't know what machines these were going to be played on. And then I would try to push things, you know, as far as they would go. But I didn't do the programming. And she says, you know, a lot of times programmers will be like, she wants the game to do what? Uh, Phillips next question. You're the first, you were the first woman to achieve critical success as a game designer, developer, and publisher in an industry that at the time was dominated by men. Uh, what, uh, what criticisms or resentments uh, did you have to deal with? Uh, it, it's because of you that other female game designers like Jane Jensen and Lorianne Cole could break into the industry. What changes over time did you witness uh, in an attitude towards women during your career? Roberta says, I think the idea that women were somehow punished or resented is a bit overblown. I never experienced any resentments or maltreatment by anybody about my gender. In fact, the opposite, I always felt the uh, men in the industry were happy to have me around. I never felt it was a gender thing. I think perhaps why you don't see a lot of women in the industry is, at least in the old days, computer games and women weren't the computer games weren't the focus of the average woman or girl. Now you could say that was because uh, the games weren't designed with women in mind. Nowadays, things are different. Computers have become more friendly, understandable, and lots of years have been thought into putting, uh, developing software for all sorts of people. And then Roberta says, no, I never uh, had any problems with being a female in a male-dominated field. So a bit of a vanilla answer, I would say, maybe. Or maybe, I don't know. Unquestionably, your most celebrated work was King's Quest. The series broke many new grounds in gameplay and storytelling. Uh, what elements are you most proud of? Uh, Roberta says, as a young girl, I enjoyed the old fairy tales. I read them and reread them. 
So when I was designing a game, I was gravitated towards what I liked and felt comfortable with. And then I put my passion in the King's Quest. King's Quest, was, the first King's Quest was a compendium of many common fairy tales. It was almost nothing like but a big fairy tale. Someone could directly experience uh, in an interactive way instead of the old passive way of books, movies, or oral tales. I introduced King Graham as the hero. And when I did King's Quest II, I developed his family. I decided to develop him and his future family as the main characters uh, set in Daventry. And that would be the uh, hearth and home of the King's Quest game world. I'm most proud of the development of the characters and personalities that the game players could relate to and care about. The beauty of the game world is each new King's Quest was developed. And in thinking of ways to introduce new game players to adventure gaming... By developing the idea of icon-based interface rather than the old parser uh, where you had to think out what type of sentences the compute and type them into the computer. The old days. And then hope that the game world would respond to you. Basically, in a nutshell, a lot of thought was put in making the King's Quest world as beautiful as possible, as easy to navigate and communicate with as possible, and in as game engaging and entertaining as possible. Trying to come up with mind-bending puzzles, brain-twisting plots was never something I strived for, but I believe many designers make their games more complex than they need to be. Uh, So that's a little bit about Roberta Williams, uh, who, you know, was one of my heroes as a kid. uh, kid, Yeah. So there was the uh, weeping statue in... uh, that uh, was in, and I was like, I said, but again, I'm, I'm, I don't want to look anything up yet this season because I don't want to be spoiled. But I said, well, let's look up Weeping Statue over at Wikipedia. Let's look it up on Wikipedia, Weeping Statues. And so I did, and I said, Weeping Statue is a, a weeping statue shedding tears by supernatural means. Sometimes it's water. Uh, human blood, oil, or scented liquids. Uh, other phenomena are sometimes associated with weeping statues, such as miraculous healing, uh, formation of figures in the tear lines, and the scent of roses. Uh, the events are generally reported by some Christians uh, can, and can attract pilgrims, but are in most cases uh, disavowed as hoaxes. Uh, reported statues are most often of the Virgin Mary, and may be accompanied by claims of Marian apparitions. However, to date, only one example that we'll look up uh, has been approved by the Vatican. The rest have been dismissed as hoaxes. Uh, it says here about hoaxes, authorities of the Catholic Church have been very careful in their approach and treatment of weeping statues and generally set the uh, high barriers for their acceptance. For instance, when a popular uh, Saint Padre Pio in Sicily was found to have tears of blood, uh, the church ordered tests that uh, showed the blood belonged to a woman and dismissed the case as a hoax. Even at the local level, priests have expelled people who claim weeping statues at their churches. Uh, skeptics point to the fact that making a weeping statue is easy. Uh, and even at conferences, some skeptic conferences, they have do-it-yourself weeping statue kits. Uh, they've also been dismissed by rational, rationalists as purely psychological or fraudulent phenomenon. 
Witnesses are said to be deluded by their own state of mind or strong group suggestion. In this altered state of mind, they see something that isn't there. Uh, another explanation is uh, condensation. The statues appear to weep. It could be uh, beers of be, could be tears of beads of cons, uh, con, condensation from microscopic cracks on the statues. Unpublished port reports of the testing have been able to verify this theory, but they're unpublished. But there's not really peer-reviewed scientific research about it. In 1995, a Madonna statue was appeared to weep blood in Italy, and 60 witnesses testified to it. Even the local bishop of the blood was later found to be male. Uh, the owner refused to take a DNA test, and uh, then there was a, a rash of uh, miraculous statues reported. Almost all were shown to be hoaxes. Uh, there's a list of uh, weeping statues here. Oh, the first one's in Syracuse, New York, where I'm from. That was in 1949. Uh, human tears unverified. And one in 85 in uh, South Korea. Human blood rejected by a local bishop. 89 in uh, La Union, Philippines. Uh, tears of pig's blood rejected by the Archdiocese of Manila. Italy, uh, uh, that was tears of blood. And then uh, Brazil, uh, unverified red liquid. Uh, Messina, Italy, red liquid rejected by the Vatican. Uh, Australia, scented tears, at, at, at apparitions. This says it was accepted. Then Bangladesh in 2003, unverified. Uh, Lebanon, 2004, scented oil and blinked, not verified. Sacramento, California, it was on Paul Zahn's TV show called A Hoax. India, blood, oil, honey, and milk, unverified. Uh, Malta, uh, oil and salt, unverified. Windsor, Canada, oil and smiling. Uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, dripping blood on the hairline. Uh, somebody should get that's 2012. Somebody should get that statue to the ER. Yeah, maybe. What if you went to the like that'd be a like I got my statue's hairlines bleeding. I say, was this a miracle? No, I need yeah, I need a miracle. I need you to save my statue. And then in 2012 in the Philippines, blood on the face, uh, oil in the palm, and that's under investigation. Uh, now, Wikipedia said the uh, Lady of Akita w was accepted, but I went over to uh, OSV, our Sunday visitor, bringing Catholic faith to life to do a little more research. And this is by uh, OSV News Weekly from 323-2011. Is Japan's Our Lady of Akita worthy of belief? And I think this is by Thomas J. Crawwell, C-R-A-U-G-H-W-E-L-L. -E uh, since the earthquake and tsunami on March 11th, uh, and, and uh, you know, the, and the nuclear meltdown, uh, the blockosphere's been buzzing with assessments in light of the messages of Our Lady of Akita. In 1973, Sister Agnes, a handmaid of uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus of the Holy Eucharist, uh, had visions of the Blessed Mother. In the wake of the visions, there was reports of a statue of Mary 
at the convent that shed blood, sweat, and tears. And Sister Agnes bore the stigmata, uh, the wounds Christ suffered on his hands, feet, and side of the cross. And again, I just want to say I'm trying to handle this with as much uh, balance as I can. I'm not trying to make fun of this or, you know, this is just interesting stuff. And you can draw your own conclusions from all this. Of course, you should be asleep. Uh, the question debated on blogs and news sites is whether the current calamity is the beginning of some Our Lady's prophecy, which appears even more urgent since Akita was one of the hardest hit by the earthquake. In one of the visions, she delivered the warning, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all humanity. It'll be greater than the deluge, one we've never seen before. Fire from the sky will wipe out. Oh boy, this is pretty uh, intense stuff. Inevitably, these online sites say, well, uh, the Akita phenomenon was a church-approved apparition in 1980s. Uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, now Pope Benedict or then Pope Benedict, judged the Akita apparitions as worthy of belief. In fact, those statements are misleading according to this. Uh, this says in 84, Bishop John Shojiro, Edo of Nikata, uh, where Akita is located, was ready to retire before handing over the diocese. He published a letter regarding the Akita case in which he declared four separate occasions he witnessed the statue weeping of Mary. He said he had known Sister Agnes for ten years, and she's a sound in spirit, frank, and without problems. She's impressed me as a balanced person. Consequently, uh, I don't think it's a hallucination or her imagination. In a letter, Ito also declared, I recognize the spiritual character of the mysterious events concerning the statue. I do not find these events uh, are contrary to Catholic faith, and I authorize Throughout my whole diocese, the veneration of the Holy Mother of Akita, while waiting to see what the Holy See publishes on this matter. In 1981, uh, after studying the case, uh, the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith reached a negative decision regarding the messages and events that took place there. Uh, after reading the report, Bishop Ito found that a number of details had not been submitted to the congregation, so he sent them to Rome with a uh, request to reevaluate in this new information. Uh, nevertheless, uh, statements that the CDF and Ratzinger had recognized Akita as an approved apparition circulated after Ito released his letter. Then in 1990, uh, cardinal, another cardinal, president of Japan's Conference of Bishops, gave an interview where he said bluntly the events of Akita are no longer taken seriously. Uh, given all the conflicting information in 1999, Christian Order, British Catholic magazine, sent a query to uh, Japan and uh, the uh, archbishop who replied, the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith has asked me to respond to your query about Akita. The Holy See has never given any approval to either the events or messages of the Akita. It appears then the Akita is not a proved apparition, and that the apocalyptic warnings we have read recently are not worthy of belief. Uh, so that's a little bit about, uh, yeah, I mean, weeping statues are interesting. I mean, for, to me, this kind of stuff, supernatural, 
or super super spiritual or you know like but you know I don't know I don't have any I guess I don't have any thoughts on it other than that it makes me curious from more than one angle and then does what is what does Arya think she seems to have a skeptical mind and uh, you know they have the well water there very damp in there so. Uh, but the guy did pass out after he saw those tears. Did he drink any tears? That'd be my question. So that's it. A little bit about weeping statues. Okay. Okay, Tommy. Okay. Okay. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello. This is Tom and, uh I am here. I am uh, best friends with Sir Pounce. I just wanted to remind you. Of who, who I am, I am the uh, seller of the storyteller, Sir Tommen, his best friend Sir Pounce. Legends in every universe, in every every spacecraft flies uh, now on the power of friendship, because of the friendship at Sir Pounce. But most of all, you're here at uh, WPOUNCE, right? Is that right? WP uh, Radio. Radio, you people are so funny, but man, ah, uh, you are here for your another broadcast. Oh, hold my hand to my ear, okay. Another broadcast of welcome, uh, boys and girls, to another broadcast of. Go on, but switch, okay. Tommen and Pounce in space. Oh, okay. Okay, oh, the pounce, the pounce, the uh, oxygenation has taken place. Uh, was, oh, oh, yes, I'm sorry, sorry. Was, oh, when we last left off, our heroes, Sir Pounce and Tommen, the two best friends the universe has ever known, the best friends that make all evil space creatures jealous because their friendship shines like the stars in the heavens. Shines its light so bright it hurts the eyes of all those mean or people that would say, Hey, I want to be, I found this new thing I love. And it was okay. But our heroes, they were trapped on this ship. Their ship had no power, but it was in space. But it was in the space of nowhere. And we join them now. On another episode of... Sorry, switch again. Tommen and Pounce in space. Oh, oh dear, I hit the microphone. Is is there an eel inside of it? Okay, okay. Oh, so Pounce, the oxygenation is so dizzy. How are you doing, Sir Pounce? Wait a Oh, what did you say? You went all, you're already lying down, Sir Pounce. I know. I feel so strange myself. And I say to myself, why are we trapped out here with nothing? When I, and then I realized, Sir Pounce, that in all the confusion, I realized I had discovered something recently. When in a dream I had, like the dreams I had with Kelpelina, 
Well, they said I still have. Even when I'm awake, when I'm sometimes sometimes I don't want to. I think I should come clean in case the ship don't doesn't make it. Like all those episodes, remember the one. It was, it was, they show and they say, hey, I got something to tell you. When I'm staring at the screen a lot of times about I'm thinking of Calpolina and the things she she was, things maybe we would do together multiple times. That mother would refuse to tell me in the maester he may, oh, so pound, so not, but I'm remembering that that I can, I'm I'm remembering Sapounce that somewhere in this universe is some, some space woman, much like my lovers of the past, waiting for me so we cannot give up Sapounce. Sapounce, what about Tamara, Tamika, Tina, uh, and all those other cats who, you know, pull it together. We have things to live for, space cats. Space girl cats, Sapounce. Right, sir? Right, Ryan of space, what's that? Yes, Sapounce. There's probably a blue planet of space girl cats somewhere for us to discover. We must pull together. Now, with the Harpy One, we are out of uh, oxygen. Uh, Sapounce, we're almost out of oxygen. And we don't have any power due to the loss of power in our lion's paw. But I was thinking, trying to think fast. And I thought of all the things we haven't used on this ship, Sapounce. What about, can you still activate the panic attack alarm and, and hit that? That will cause, I think that causes the ship to breathe out of control. And, and it also sends out an alarm to any authorities. Please, why is Why don't we know that? Okay. Oh, Sapounce is hitting the panic attack. Oh, it's going off. It's very... Oh, so this ship is, 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 is strange. I'm. Wait, oh, this is how I feel all of the time. Suppose you don't like this. What is that? What's this feeling? So, yeah, suppose this is a bad. This is uh, how I feel. Uh, when I see Mother with her, when her eyebrows do many, well, a few different things, I say, oh, goodness, I cannot breathe. Or oh, when Joff used to say, hello, friend. I would say, oh, no, that's not good. And they said this was a panic attack. And then they said when I was at training academy, they said, uh, you know, we're trying to match up boys with uh, commands of ships that are like them. And I said, am I anything like the... the, uh, the, the, the I said, I would like to fly the Stagmaster. And they said, well, we were thinking of the Harpy One or nothing. And I said, okay. And they said, it has a panic attack alarm. See, many things. I said, well, this sounds, uh, in this feeling, I see you're debilitated, Sir Pounce. But I just feel normal sometimes. And then I say, well, uh, this is uh, is, uh, how I know that I need to find someplace safe to be. And then I say, okay, I'll be in my room, Mother. Maybe, oh, no, maybe I should go to the bathroom somewhere. And then I say, what does this voice say? Go outside, it'll feel great. And I say, okay, it's make me feel better than this. Oh, Sapounce, sometimes I'm so glad to be in space alone with just you. Okay, you're still, you, you know, Sapounce, if you cuddle up and let me give you a box here, a rounded box. 
in fetal position like a little baby cat's the best place to be. But I will, for, oh dear, we have a ship coming in, so why don't you stay in fetal position? I will radio this ship. Uh, ra uh, okay, one second. How do I, okay. Oh, should me shut off the panic alarm. Hoppy 1, Hoppy 1 to incoming ship. Uh, please identify. Yes, Hoppy 1, this is uh, Space Police. Uh, we are uh, Space Patrol. We are here. We've, we heard your panic attack alarm. Oh, yes, uh, this is RP-1. You, 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 are you from a Westaros planet? West, uh, West, planet Lannistros? I, uh, I'm sorry, RP-1, that doesn't compute. Okay, well, anyway, yeah, guys, we're low on oxygen. We could use some extra oxygen here. And, uh, you know, okay, RP-1, who's on your ship also with you? Uh, my best friend. Just me and my best friend, Sapounce. Uh, did you say Sapounce? Yes, I did. Uh, uh, we have uh, Sapounce the cat. We have a, a fraternity suit for him. And we're going to place you both under uh, space arrest right now. Please uh, stay on your ship. Okay, well, the guys, we sent the alarm because we needed some oxygen. We don't need to be arrested. We have a mission to save my sister from... Uh, uh, what is that? Pardon me, did you write down? What's that? Bless the time is focused. Uh, we need to save my sister. She was some space witch took her. So we're in the middle of a mission. I just need to be escorted to... We've got a bomb uh, lines bar. Oh, why are you guys uh, parking on my ship? Uh, oh, you bring me some oxygen? Uh, Sapounce, how are you doing? Okay, don't worry, Sapounce. I'm going to get some oxygen. These guys say they're going to do a paternity test and arrest us or some such thing, but I don't know. Oh, well... Yeah, don't worry, Spouse. It'll be fine. Okay, hello. Uh, you've entered my airlock. Uh, what is your name? Uh, Solo Tom, and I am Officer First Officer Shrang. I'm sorry. Did you say Shrang? I'm sorry. Can you say that again? I didn't. Uh, Shrang, First Officer Shrang. Oh, okay. Uh, good to meet you, sir. Uh, what can I do? We're both under arrest, space law five four four five, uh, harboring a uh, paternity on paternity. Okay, well you can't arrest us, and uh, we're not going to go with you. We have rights. I am part of the uh, Hoppy Command. You know, per previously, uh, what was that? Uh, pyramid, pyramid ship. You've heard of you've heard of me, haven't you, Sir Pounce and Sir Tommen? The best friends in the world. I'm sorry, sir. We're, we're under arrest. We're taking you aboard our ship and pounding um, your ship and selling it immediately for uh, to uh, pay for our ship, you know, our missions. Okay, that sounds... Uh, who under what a By the way, could you... Did you guys have a hook up some oxygen? Oh, uh, we did. It should be working this way. Uh, you might be feeling calmer soon and your cat should be uh, doing better. Okay, well, anyway, I don't know what, what, what the heck you... What, what, on what authority can you arrest me in Sapounce? I don't understand this. Uh, uh, I, I don't understand. Do you do you know who I am? I, I, I see we are under arrest. Yes, but uh, on whose authority? Who, who told you you could arrest me? Uh, we are space police. Uh, what do you mean we can't? We, we, we have our own authority of the law of the universe. Well, I got to tell you, uh, what was your name? Officer Shaw, whatever it is. Uh, 
no, 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 don't talk. You, you, I'm Sir Tommen. And maybe that doesn't carry any weight with you. It didn't with the man when it was a bad man who said uh, we were walking. And the guy, he said the same thing. Like, yeah, I don't know what it is. He, he said, you can't walk across J-Walk. I said, excuse me, sir, do not touch me. And then he said, the bad man said, oh, dear, sorry, sorry. And he, he tried to intervene. And this man, he was he was wearing the same, and then he got very angry with the bad man and me, and he was shouting and screaming. I was very scared, I'll be honest with you. He was scaring me. And he, then I, you know, he said that I pushed him. And I said, what is this? And I said, I'm so scared. And the bad man was yelling at him, and then he was yelling at the bad man and saying what he was going to do, do you know, and then the bad man said, you, you, you know, I don't remember. At that point, I said, oh, wait a second, is, is that that iced cream that the bad man was talking about? That'll make my scares go away. So me and Mr. Bounce went and got some ice cream, and then the bad man, oh, wait a second, he was gone, and his cousin had to come get us from the ice cream store. And I forgot, they said, oh, geez, you owe us $46. Uh, anyway, police, space policeman, sorry. Uh, I got mixed up. That was before the big mission, before launch day. But anyway, we're going to go deal with my sister. Thank you for the oxygen. And excuse me, you don't have authority to arrest us on a paternity suit. And I don't know. That's why I asked you if you don't know who I am. I am. I have been to trial before. And then actually the podman said I might have to go to a trial again to say, was it that that guy was out of line? Just say what happened, Satabza. And then uh, he said, never mind, it would be too confusing. He would just pay the fine and then for the ice cream. And he said, uh, Lannister Gold. I guess you're not, you, you, sorry, police, uh, space police. But the podman says you go around and you, you guys... You know, you, you, you know, some of you could be bullies. He says some of you guys are nice, and I don't know. But you, but you can't just grab a come here and, and and grab a boy and his cat, because his cat maybe did something. You got to go through the whole system. You can't just be taking us and doing whatever you want. And maybe I'm just confused because then the bad man was just complaining, and then I saw people marching and saying you. Bad things, and I said, "Cheapest, this feels like I'm back at home with mother." And the, the crazy people, they say, "Just power first, or whatever." Strong, why aren't you stronger, Tom? And to, to, and I said, "Well, if that is what strength is, I do not want it." And then I say, "Is it?" And then I said, "Was it?" Uh, I said to. Myself, so bounce, I'm buying time, check the oxygen levels. I, I heard all that was anyway, because one thing I know is that, you know, not everybody could handle a panic attack. It's as a, was a problem. Okay, so bounce at the uh, panic attack alarm. Uh, officer, this ship was installed with a sympathetic vibration panic attack alarm. Meaning, when I am on the ship, the panic attack alarm is quadrupled in power. That is why we just ran our first test, and it humbled the pounce, who is a constitution.
of, uh, you know, millions of uh, decades of feline, well, decades, that's not what that means, uh, years of uh, uh, feline uh, evolution, as I've been learning about here. So, so Pounce is hitting the panic attack alarm. You will be unable to do anything, including your duties, whether you're doing them with good intent or not, or power, or for the powerless. You will soon be powerless under all fears. So I'm just giving you five seconds to exit my ship and leave us alone. And, uh, oh, wait a second. Oh, dear, we don't... Actually, could you fix our uh, the hoppy one? We're out of one lion's claw. Uh, so, so wait, uh, wait a second. What is that? So I'll tell you what. What was your name again? My name was Edwards. Uh, I'm speechless. Uh, uh, you know, you seem pretty wise. And you know, Sir Pounce and I. This is a, the hoppy one. We're the best friends. But I was thinking we we could use one of those wise guys on our ships. On our ship on the Hoppy One, are you are you a good guy? Were you just a tool? Like if if I told you to go sneak aboard your ship and get the stuff to fix the lion paw and say there's something on the ship, what did they say in that movie? Uh, reactor leak, reactor leak. Tell them there's a reactor leak, and say you know like Anzolo. Uh, you know the guy that took Greedo away from me. Oh, you don't. You don't have any Greedos on your ship, do you? I don't know, sir, but I like this cat. He's licking my palm, so I will join you as your wise man, and I will tell them everything, and I will take the reactor core for your puppet one, and I will return. Uh, but, but I there's one thing you should know. I think you should launch the panic attack alarm. I will put in some... Uh, what, what, what could I do to stop the panic attack alarm? Uh, well, you could... Uh, you, 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 What could you do? Well, there's many things you could do. You, you, why don't I, I've got it. You hold hands with me. And that will de-vibrate. I think the sympathetic vibrations of the alarm by our holding hands... And you know, your ship will be, will be, yes, suppose launch the panic attack alarm and we will take hands. We will go get our engine and we, and we will return to our mission with you. Uh, but I need to think of a name for you. Dr. Panic, I think. What do you think, Wind. Yes, Dr. Panic. Are you a doctor? I am a doctor now. I am Dr. Panic. Ah, yes, this is great. So hold my hand, Dr. Panic. And we will go to a ship full of uh, policemen, stricken by panic attack, powerless. I could bully them if I needed to, but I will just take the engines I need. And Dr. Panic and I will shoot off into space with my best friend, Sir Pounce, to search for my sister and continue righting the wrongs, possibly doing wrongs, because we just know, only know how to try. And that is it for this week. Uh, we've met the newest member of our team, Dr. Panic. Dr. Panic, say goodbye, good night. Or good night from Dr. Panic. And that is all for, for tonight, stricking them all with my panic alarm.
means about and and also Doctor Panic. Uh, good 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 night, Doctor Panic. Do you know any evil? I mean, come over here. While I'm saying this. It'll be a good layover. Like you, I'll talk to Doctor Panic, and then you say it. Well, I was, Doctor Panic, do you know any? Do you, if we could put a secret lab on the ship? Do you know any secret experiments? Oh, I do. And that's another episode of Sobbing and Pounds in Space. <laughs> Everyone likes me laugh every time, Podman. Did you hear me, Podman? Were you there? You said, Doctor Paddock. That was me. That's my voice. Oh, Podman, this is almost as good as sex. This is sex. Have you had sex, Podman? It is like it's our Podman. It's so so nice. But it's a, it's a, it's a, but but being in space with and saying I'm Doctor Panic, Doctor Paddock, I'm Doctor. That was my voice, Podman. Oh, oh, I love this. I love it. Oh, base making it. Okay, okay, Tom, I'm saying shut Okay, go, okay, good night. Uh, so, Pounce, we got to go back to, uh, oh, wow. Yes, uh, but I'll be having some sex. Goodbye. Uh, time for my prayers. Uh, hey, Miller, Smith, Barky, Jester, Crone. Uh, sweet, sweet Crone is me praying in. I uh, you know I, you know, last, uh, were my last few prayers nonsense, or were they uh, sense made sense? I don't know. But I was praying to you guys. I had that app idea, complaint app, uh, and then I had uh, your your. Then I was telling you guys about present drops. I think in Christmas, was I talking to you guys about that? Or not that there's any other gods in my life, other than the ones in my head that I treat like gods. You know. The, uh, I don't know, the ego and the id, super crone, they call one of these things in my brain a super ego. You know, collective unconscious, all those things. Uh, but I was saying to myself, I'm saying, gee, what, are we, what am I going to pray to those great gods about? Great, great, greatest gods, old and new. And then I got a little uh, tweet, uh, let's see, tweet like a... Uh, Scrolling the leg of a bird from Eli H over there, our buddy at Touch Arcade, and he Eli's a good friend of the podcast. Great God, so keep uh, maybe if I was smart, I wouldn't have brought him into this to keep him off your rate, your Godar. What do you guys do? We we I don't know if I talked to you guys about Godars or oh I talked to you about Citizen Four and spying on people. But anyway, forget about. I mean. If you're going to do anything good for Eli, you know, do it. But don't do like a, uh, you know, Aladdin, uh, you know, genie and lamp thing where Eli is like, hey, by the way, I have this Crypt Keeper hair. If you could give me some, uh, you know, luscious locks, I'd like that. Um, And then you give him a head of some sort of, you know, Medusa-style head. Don't do that to Eli. But anyway, he was telling me, he said, uh, Hey, FYI, there's this guy with a uh, complaint app already. And he was kind of saying, Chester, he was kind of like, hey, this is kind of funny, you know, irony. But it got me thinking, guys, about competition and about my nature, you know, about the way my mind works. So I said, I better pray to God about this, you know, discernment, discernment time, season five discernment episode, episode three. 
maybe is when, or maybe I've only discerned something once in all my history with you gods. It's probably time to discern about competition and all my uh, base instincts when it comes to that type of stuff. Because Eli brought it up, I said, well, uh, it doesn't look, you know, this was the, this guy had his app way before us, guys. He beat us to launch. Even, he doesn't even have a Chrome that I know about that can see the future in the past. And his, apps, his app involves a god, one god, uh, a big G god, I think. I, don't, I guess I didn't check the uh, punctuation. But not the many-faced gods, I don't think. The many-faced god, and not the fire god, but the uh, you know, Judeo-Christian god. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them or if that's even... I know there's, like, Judeo-Christian values. So I don't know if it's a Judeo-Christian... If there's a Christ, I guess it's probably not. There's an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. Uh, maybe the... Well, no, because some people believe in the Old Testament. It stops there. They're like, that's my God. And then I was raised... Well, I wasn't paying 100% attention most of the time. And this might get me smoted, gods, but I always picture the God that I was taught as a child is, uh, and this is going to sound funny, it's not meant to be funny at all, is uh, the guy that runs Kentucky Fried Chicken, I thought he might be God in another suit. I figured, I figured, you know, not not him himself, but I figured that's what God looked like. Otherwise, it was George Burns. Uh, but not, let's not get off track, gods, because I'm now praying to you, you know, now I'm praying to you guys, so I don't, you know, that belief system. Uh, don't worry, guys. I'm not. Don't worry. I'm not cheating on you. Anyway, what are we going to do about uh, my instincts when it comes to competition? Because you know, Eli said, "Well, this isn't that big a deal." Because you know, I'm still. I figure you guys will have. If I'm working with you on this project. It'll take forever. I'll be honest, guys. I'm trying to temper my expectations. Like, a, uh, does that come from you, uh, Smith? Temper, temper those expectations down. You know, stoke them, and then pound them. But you know, we got the crone here. It takes her a while to get moving. So, uh, and then hopefully you guys would do like a, what they call it when you change the post. You know, you say, well, it's just started back in. Uh, you know, 20-odd, whatever. Uh, but anyway, but guys, when it comes to this competition stuff, I, I get crazy. I'm not like a balanced person. And I pretty much quick, I get into attack mode and action mode before I think. And then thinking doesn't help me either. Like, remember the funder from down under, there's these two nice guys from Australia. And they were talking about the podcast and I said, hey, guys, thanks for talking about the podcast. Don't know what you said, but thanks. And then one of them messaged the other one. I happened to see it, and I said, are they making fun of me? And then, guys, this wasn't even competition. They were just two poor Australians, comedians, Harrison and Tom. And I, I said, well, should, this, well, you were there, guys. I said, well, should I, get, should I go to the airport now and go to Australia and find them? Or should I? They said, "Well, they're stand-up comedians. Well, that's one option." Okay, uh, let's let's go through our options. Go to Australia now, deal with them, and hopefully, you know, you know, we'll we'll get crafty while we're doing it, or just you know, frighten them. 
you know, grab them, shout. But I was like, you know, I'll think of it on the plane, what I'm going to do. It's not going to be pretty. And they said, whoa, 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 cowboy, maybe we should think this out better. Maybe we should fly to Australia right now. I'm with you on that. But we'll, uh, we'll, what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure out where they perform. And we'll befriend them. We'll say, well, yeah, I'm a little older than you guys, but I'm a, I'm a Yank. And I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to uh, get this stand-up career going and then uh, slowly become an Australian. You know, I'd have to abandon my life and everything. And, you know, probably a lot of consequences there. Not a great idea, but... Uh, and then start, you know, a stand-up career in Australia and say, well, okay. And then, and then well, I guess, I didn't, again, I didn't think it out, but I said, well, and then I'll figure out my vengeance. I know, is that a Peter Baelish? No, because Baelish, he, he would, you know, groom a stand-up comic, a young lady stand-up comic. Maybe have one of Harrison or Tom fall in love with her or both. So that was another option I didn't even think of. That's a good idea, though. I don't know who thought of that, which one of you guys. Probably Jester. So that would have been option three. Uh, option four, where I was saying, well, I could destroy, I could try to destroy them from afar. Uh, option five was, okay, let's go for a run, which I was already on a run, crafting. I said, well, let's go, let's, let's turn on script notes, our favorite podcast. Listen to that. Listen to John and Craig. Maybe Craig, you know, has some umbrage that cools. I think that's what happened. I said, okay, I'm feeling a little better. Take a little shower. And let me, let me just hear. Maybe they, it never entered my brain, guys, that they were nice guys. They weren't making fun of me. Maybe listen to their podcast for see what they said about you before buying the ticket to Australia. Ends up they're lovely guys. I, I went through all this once, guys, and I would apologize. I think I named them fun. I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. Just me. So that was one incident, and then the whole Jeff uh, Bridges thing. Super Bowl is Sunday, so the Saturday before Super Bowl, I get a text from my buddy Zach. He lives in Little Rock now. And he says, hey, buddy, did you see this? And uh, I say, what is this, sleeping with Jeff? And he says, uh, dude, you stole your idea. And immediately, guys, I read, have you, guys, have you seen uh, Kill Bill, the movie where there's a sound effect when she goes into her rape? It's like an alarm going off. That's what my brain did. And then I clicked on the website and it said, uh, Dreaming with Jeff. Uh, and, I, and, I, and it was a really done, well done website, but I already the alarm was going off. So I said, uh, Who is this Jeff? Again, I, the punchline's coming, guys, but I didn't know the punchline. And I said, my, You know, again, I said, Okay, well, uh, how did this guy, co- this guy copy my podcast? Clearly, his name's Jeff. He must have a bunch of dough. This is a pretty nice website. That's bad because mine is okay, barely okay. Now, and I said, okay, he's doing what I'm doing, but better design-wise. It happened to be in my kitchen, so there's a lot of knives. I said, okay, let's uh, let's see if we can find a, a state on here. And this way I said, well, we'll find this Jeff. We'll, uh, uh, they can find his social profile. I can track him from there. And then again, just like with the other guys, I said, well, then I'll figure out what I'm going to, you know, next horrible action I'm going to take. 
And then I said to myself, okay, let's keep, and then I saw some, oh, we're, we're each, he even had like a vinyl album and all. I said, wow, wow, this guy, I'm screwed, basically. And then maybe some of my, I said, well, maybe he's already defeated me. Maybe I should curl up in the fetal position. None of this is a, a joke, gods. I wish I was exaggerating. Unfortunately, I'm not. But, you know, this is uh, when they say full disclosure, disclosure documents, NDA stuff for our uh, seed money. This is the kind of stuff that you got to cover. But I said, okay, I'll find this, Jeff. That's, you know, and I sat down with two or three of my sons. I said, okay, guys, don't worry. We're going to get them. Let's just have a little meeting. I'm just going to do a little more scrolling here in this uh, this site here. And I said, huh, if you buy it, they donate money. I said, that's nice. And I said, hey, guys, because uh, one of the one part of me was drawing Jeff in the table with a knife. I said, okay, guys, hey, I don't see anything about podcasts here. It's just an album. So that's good. And then, you know, they didn't want to hear that, those other parts of me. There was one guy, you know, he was, one guy was, I said, where'd you get a, a, a pillowcase full of doorknobs? We don't even know where this guy is. And then I said, well, they're donating money here for every, I don't know if this is not a profit-making thing. And then this is a guy, we're talking about 12 minutes here. Then I say, wait a second, this is a Jeff Bridges, guys. I said, that text was, dude stole your idea, it was a joke. I said, this is just some sort of strange, uh, you know, he thought of the same idea as you, just a little different. And then I was able to calm down. Then I realized it was the Super Bowl Sunday. Then I got mad again a little bit. And I said, well, it's really just an ad for the website. It's nice, all the money's going to charity. We love Jeff Bridges, we love the dude. Uh, we, we love Jeff Daniels, who we say, well, sometimes we get those guys mixed up. We don't know why. And they say, what is, what was it? who's the other guy we get mixed up with? Not important right now. But again, I was able to calm down from that one, but close again. So I'm just wondering, God, what policy we should have. Like, I'm thinking that, can I trust you to deal with the competition? Because I can't be trusted uh, to do, like, I'm just waiting for somebody to copy my podcast gods. And then that's, I mean, I hear some people say, oh, we, you know, we, we, you know, have lunch with your competition. I'm not wired that way, gods. It's all or nothing with me. Total destruction, total defeat, one or the other, unfortunately. And I know it doesn't work for me. You know, so far, results are in not, not good. So that's why, you know, they say, well, maybe I can find some faith in something, you know, outside of my brain. Because they say, they say, okay, you can't, you know, with all your problems, you really should stay away from anger, self-righteous, indignation. Stay away from that stuff, for, you know, for you. It's landmines, you know, pitfall, not the game. So I don't know, guys. I say, well, if what am I? And this isn't even Eli one. That one didn't get me mad because I said, well, I could trust Eli's on it. I'm sure that he's, uh, you know, he's he 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 works as a crypt keeper at night. I think so. I'm sure he's on it. Otherwise, I said, well, that's a little ridiculous. And this guy, maybe he he doesn't even seem like he's partnered with gods. He just seems like he's saying he, he more was alluding to a fake partnership. Where I'd have, you know, shadow backers, you, you, the gods. I think you guys would be in, would you, are you guys upfront investors? Are you angel investors? 
Is that a pun, saying that half the gods are my angel investors? But I just don't know how to handle any competition, guys. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to embarrass our future uh, company. Well, will it be? Do we need a incorporation papers? What's up with the app, Miller uh, Smith? You guys are on the. Uh, didn't we uh, do like a workflow agreement? And you guys were on the uh, the dev team. Did I say that? No. What, what, uh, Barky, did you ever look up what API meant? Uh, because we need to know that for sure. Oh, God, yeah, I can't believe we're teamed up. But I guess, like, you guys, I'm the, I'm the vengeful one. I'm the hothead. I mean, Smith, you're hot, but you pound stuff, so that probably keeps you relaxed or tired. I don't know, you guys. I guess it's a prayer of full disclosure, they say. I don't know, you know, what I, I know there's more fancy terms for it. But, yeah, I can't be trusted with the, to the competition because you say, well, hey, we're going to go out. You guys have these donuts. You, I mean, maybe that's what you'll do. That would be a good movie. You say, uh, hey, uh, hey, 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 Scooter, it's me, me, the crone, Barky. This is Jester here, Miller, Smith. Uh, you know, we, we, the maiden's coming. She said she want to be alone with you. Oh, no, wait, with this guy here, a com- competitor. He's dating the maiden now. But we're going to go see, uh, you know, uh, Age of Ultron. We got early tickets. And now this guy has your ticket. He asked. He said you didn't want to go. He said it would be cool with you. So we're going to leave you alone with him. And then we're going to go to the movies. Toilets are clogged. So if you could deal with that, we'll be back at the office later. And, and God's why, you know, don't do that. Okay, there's a, that would be bad. Because I just, uh, I have, I, I don't know, and, and it's like I said, I don't have, I say, okay, well, let's think this out. So let's not do any rash action. But then the the uh, the degrees of rashness, it only goes from like, a, like it's at, you know, like they said in Spinal Tap, it's at 11, my rash volume. I say, well, okay, I'm going to turn it down here. Oh, wait, it only went down to 10.75. Okay, let's just try to turn it down here and let's get some, uh, you know, let's think this out, talk it out. Oh, no, it's only at 10.71. And then I say, well, I've thought it out. Let's act. Well, no, it's at 10.7. Maybe you shouldn't act because you don't even have access to thermonuclear weapons. And even if you did, that would be a bad idea because, you know, innocent people... Oh, God. So that's it, guys. That's my prayer, prayer of desperate. You know, I'm not desperate, I guess. Just a prayer warning, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you don't you guys keep a dossier? Uh, but I, I'm glad Eli brought this up, guys, because I really do need some help with this one. Because it's inevitable, one, someone, you know, we're gonna, somebody's going to say, whoa, complain app. Uh, you know, Yelp. For mean people, Yelp for everybody, you know, not just for people that want to say, oh, boy, I got to write out all that stuff. Make a profile. Like, uh, I don't know, there was some image on this guy's app, the guy we're competing with, not really. But it reminded me of an image in my head. What if we, uh, we, you know, of a trash can, a clean one, when you're walking down the street, you just pick it up. It'd be like a metal can. Or in other countries, they have a post office box, like a mailbox that looks, and, and you, you, like a rounded metal can, pretty big on the street. 
And you lift open the top, you stick your head and you go scream in there. And then it captures your screams. Something like that, guys, but in a digital form. Or, you know, whatever. You know, if you don't want to scream, you want to just type. Uh, maybe we could get uh, Pixar in on this Monsters, Inc. 4 uh, complaint app. No, that's not going to work. Monsters, Inc. 4... Uh, uh, Monsters, Inc. from the cloud. I keep saying that. Uh, that one, it definitely flopped. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Probably not for kids, especially. With, so that's it, guys. Uh, you know, if you can help me, because inevitably somebody's going to copy this podcast. And, I mean, right now, all the audience is probably praying for that person. They should be. Oh, boy, they should be. Holy moly. But maybe they shouldn't have to, guys. Maybe you could do some... Uh, Coronification of my brain. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe put a little. Well, don't put any molten metal in there because it already feels like there's molten metal in there. Uh, maybe put some. Uh, maybe maybe some oats in there. That would slow stuff down. Jester, you know, maybe uh, you know, have a, a, a orgy show up in my. You know, or not a or, You know, maybe blockade my way with nudity. And say, well, but I'd say, I'm too mad. Uh, you know, take your, uh, all of our, I will not choose, well, maybe, okay, maybe I got a few minutes, Oliver. Actually, show, let me, do. can you say that? Could I wear your wig, Oliver? And then, uh, yeah, I'd like to be the uh, the scale master. Anyway, guys, that's it. Uh, maybe we should, if you guys want to send me a disclosure termination agreement. Well, you don't have a choice. I pray to you. So, all right, guys, good night.